Alright. Welcome everyone to the JuiceCast. This is our second podcast and today we're going to be going over Sonic Adventure 2. Um, so for those of you who don't know our guests today, we have ST or Saving Termina who's pretty much on every time. Then we have JebTube and King K. I'll let them introduce themselves. Whoever wants to go first. Hi, I'm JebTube. <laughs> <laughs> you can probably go Hi, over a couple you? things that, uh, that you do. Oh. I make uh, video essays on YouTube. I'm, I'm quite quite famous for the essay, too, in fact. So, yay. Yeah, I'm pretty much what he just said, so... <laughs> he did a pretty good job, so I'm just gonna ape that one. <laughs> He makes good Zelda stuff. Go look at it. Yeah. Very true. Um, Alright, cool. So for those of you who are new to the podcast, pretty much what we do here is we analyze a game and go into our own subjective experiences with it. Um, these are our opinions, and there's um, no filters. So thank you, Raiko, for the sub. So we'll, we'll uh, start with our personal history with Sonic Adventure 2. ST, you can go first. So, uh, I said it before in the Sonic Adventure 1 podcast, but I did play SA2 before 1 because it was released on the GameCube before Sonic Adventure DX. So this was my first real 3D Sonic game. Not my first Sonic game, as that was Sonic 3, and then I played Sonic & Knuckles. Yep. Uh... But yeah, this was my official first 3D Sonic game, and I can't really remember what I thought about it at first, because I was... That was, what, 2001? <laughs> Quite a while ago now, yeah. Yeah, I... I, I was a youngin', so I don't really remember my first experience of it too well, but I remember enjoying it. I really liked, you know, the Sonic and Shadow levels. I still do. And I can't remember if my thoughts on the mech and treasure hunting level, on the, the mech and treasure hunting levels were positive or negative. Now they're pretty positive overall, but back then I, I, I don't really remember how I felt about it. Okay. And uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. I don't really have much to say about it. I my first initial impression because I can't for the life of me remember all the way back then. Makes sense. Uh, how about you, King? Well, <clears throat> technically my first Sonic game was Sonic and Knuckles. Just Sonic and Knuckles. I couldn't get past Mushroom Hill. I was really... <laughs> there was no saving me back then, I don't know. But but I think SA2 was like... It may as well have been my first Sonic game. I didn't finish any before then. But I finished that one and I was like... This is what video games are. That was like... That was like my reaction mm -hmm. upon finishing it. I was like, this is what video games are. This wow. is awesome. <laughs> so I've just pretty much loved it since then. Uh, it's always kind of been my favorite. Um, but yeah, honestly, my thoughts on it haven't really changed much at all over time. I just, I still think it's pretty based AF. Yeah. As the kids say these days. I'm 23. I don't know why I said that. I'm not that old. I'm pretty young still. <laughs> you fit in with the crowd. 
How about you, Jeb? Well, uh, basically, I first played video games. This is my memory, of course. Um, I played, you know, like Namco arcade games on like those little plug and plays, you know? Mm -hmm. um, I don't know if anyone remembers those. I'm sure you do. But uh, then I basically met somebody uh, who, who was pre pretty much my best friend at the time. And, uh, and we played, well, she, you know, she showed me her, her, her GameCube and uh, played this, this rad game called Sonic Adventure 2. And I played it. And I was like, well, okay, this is certainly different than, than Frogger. Um, <laughs> I disagree. <laughs> and I was like, oh my god, this is the coolest thing I've ever seen. And then that basically molded my entire life forever. Um, and, and, well, it basically led to me having forever low standards as, as clearly, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Yeah, but it's just, I don't know if that, like, really set precedent for what video games are. And so, basically, I, f I think I just desired to have cool experiences just like SA2. I'm kind of spoiling my opinion of the game right now. <laughs> but, yeah. It's all right. Um, okay, so my experience with Sonic Adventure 2 is that it was my second full Sonic game. Um... I had played Sonic 2 multiplayer at a friend's house or something, and I didn't really like trying to, like, I didn't really like it that much, because it was just Sonic 2 multiplayer, which isn't that bad in itself, but it was kind of whatever at the time. So, then I played Sonic Adventure DX, and I really enjoyed that game as a kid. I have a lot of history with it, which, I mean, I went into in the last podcast. You can check that out at another time. And then, in that game case, I... I lived right next to a Game Crazy, so I don't know if it was something that they put in there or, or what, but there was a little advertisement for Sonic Adventure 2 in, like, the back of the... It was like a little pamphlet, just a little paper that they put in those, which I really miss, by the way, when it comes to physical media. That's why mm -hmm. I really like, like, deluxe yeah. editions of stuff. Um, back in my day, you know, yeah. we had uh, cool-looking <laughs> instruction manuals. Right. Yes, we did. <laughs> yes, we did. <laughs> stuff you take for granted, I guess. I still but, um, remember the Super Mario 64 one. It was really cool. Oh, yeah. Um, so Gears. then I looked at that, and I was like, whoa, dude, there's, like, some other hedgehog there, and he looks really cool, and yada, yada, yada. And I pretty much based my my uh, personality as a preteen on, like, Shadow as a kid and stuff like that and made a bunch <laughs> of comics with them. And... I always knew you were a cringe kid. <laughs> I was definitely <laughs> a cringe kid. Um, but... I was, too. Uh, I ended up really falling in love with that game, playing it for, like, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of hours, like, just the base game and the Chow Garden, forcing me to go back into, like, stages to replay them, and which I'm sure we'll get into later when we go over Chow, but, um, yeah, I was a big fan of, of what that game was trying to do, and I am still a big fan of what that game was trying to do and succeeded in doing, so, um, spoilers, we all happen to like the game a little bit this is the I old don't. copy from ye ye old times i don't know if someone spilled barbecue sauce on it or something i don't know <laughs> but like it's still this is still the most cool thing i've ever seen and um oh 
Oh, okay. Well, I guess we don't have a cool booklet anymore. <laughs> very upset. That's, I don't have any. You have, you have let me down. That was very anticlimactic. <laughs> I can't believe it. Well, the, the disc is still cool, as GameCube discs tend to be. I can't believe this. <laughs> um... So, I, our next topic is, um, before we get into, like, the development and then the gameplay of the game, I wanted to go into modern reception and how it, like, what our opinions of, of that is. Because modern oh. reception on, on 3D Sonic, um, of old is that it was never good, obviously. You got the IGN meme and everything like that. So, oh, yeah. Um, Sonic was never good. So I, I just wanted to, I guess, take a, a little bit of a dive into our opinions on that because I think that this game holds up in much more ways than just, like, we're nostalgic for it. Um, but, hey, I could be wrong, so what do you guys think? <laughs> I think you are wrong. I think it is just nostalgia. That's what I think. Okay. There's, there's nothing else. That's I, what think, I think, um... That notion is incredibly dismissive, and I think you can very easily apply it to pretty much every every game at the time, whether it's a transition to 3D from an established franchise or if it's even just a new 3D game at the time. Um, doesn't and even if it's like 2001, at that point, there's still some age in in pretty much every one of its games until like Jack and Daxter, you know. And yeah. I just, um, you know, from what I've seen anyway, I never played it. Um, and I just, I think that there are some people out there who really, really, uh, kind of, kind of feel good putting putting this this beloved classic down and. After all the, uh, you know, controversy that there has been with Sonic, it's just a lot easier to do that than to go and try yeah. it with Mario 64 and Final Fantasy 7. Yeah. Uh, the latter of which I actually really, really like, words and all, just like this. So, and that's I how was going to say, I, I like both of them a lot. <laughs> just those, like this one, so. Those same <laughs> two games you mentioned definitely have, like, the kind of, I guess, when we not backlash, but same attitude. The SA2 tends to get to, from my understanding. Mario mm -hmm. 64, it, but... I, I, I mean, I don't think anything really compares to the Sonic Adventure games when it comes to people like really comparing them to modern games and putting them down in that way. Yeah, mm -hmm. and I but, think I this mean, age of internet it is there, you know. For I think sure, this age of game. internet criticism has like kind of like you see videos on Ocarina saying that it's just boring and and and. No, nothing it doesn't really get how Link to the Past was or anything and you see it with Final Fantasy 7 and how it's janky and you see it with Mario 64 you see it but I feel like there's a real red carpet rolled out for for it being on the adventure games you know yep yeah for... here's what I'll say nostalgia is really not as powerful as people think it is I, I don't you know nostalgia is the fuzzy feeling you get when you play a game and you remember your childhood, right? Yeah. It doesn't mean... I don't know about your experience, but not every game I'm nostalgic for I even still like, even if I'm still nostalgic for it. Mm -hmm. So the argument has just never made much sense to me. Like, I'm still incredibly nostalgic for, like, 
Sonic Adventure, which I still like. Uh, this may be a bad example, but like, there's a lot of it that over time has just, I don't like anymore, like I did when I was a kid. And so I think it's just incredibly reductive to... I just think it's reductive, because everybody plays games at whatever point in their life that they do, and they feel the things they do, and... I mean, if you want to be a stickler about it, I'm nostalgic for Sonic Colors. Because I played that when I was, like, 11 years old or something. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So... I mean, it's just preference at the end of the day. You play the games you play at whatever age you play them, and I don't think it really matters when you played them. Sure, maybe you'll be more forgiving for things that you're nostalgic for, but it's not always the case. And it doesn't really matter, because that's just what your taste is. You develop your taste based on the games you play and when you play them. And there's really nothing you can do about that. There's no, there's no way to remove yourself from your own experience. So there's just no point in trying. You're going to want the things that you want because you want them. And, and I don't think there's any point in making some grand conspiracy that everybody just loves <laughs> the games that they love because that's when they were a kid. Because those same people were also a kid at some point in their life. And all of their desires are also because those were the games that they wanted to play when they were a kid. You know, you can. Yeah. this is such a flawed argument at its core that I cannot believe that it is still paraded around as fervently as it is. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I think that the feeling of nostalgia, while valid, does not... It's like a separate thing from like something being a good game, just because you're nostalgic. Like I'm, I'm nostalgic for Glover on the N64. I'm not going to say that that's a good game. I'm nostalgic for like Frogger on PS1, for example, because I played it as a kid. It's yeah. the same feeling, but it doesn't mean that I'm going to go back to it and be like, oh, yes, this is fucking amazing. Hey, guys, guess what? I was a kid <laughs> when I played Sonic 06. Yeah. <laughs> you think I'm going to say that that's some incredible game no no it's, it just doesn't make any sense right. I don't, it's always frustrated me always yeah, i i hear that yeah um, and if you're nostalgic for one thing well on an alternate timeline you're nostalgic for another thing who, who cares <laughs> what were you gonna say st i was gonna say uh so my because we're, we're, we're still talking about how perception has conceived this game over time um, I have dipped out of the Sonic fan base quite a long time ago. Uh, <laughs> not that not that I think that the fan base, you know, this whole meme for the fan base to, oh, it's this, it's that, it's terrible. Even though I think the modding slash fan base part of it is actually incredible. Um, I mean, just in terms of how dedicated they are to this franchise and what they do, they, they make some really cool stuff. I think they're more dedicated than their parent company right now. Uh, I, <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm way more versed in, you know, say fan bases for Resident Evil or Zelda. But for Sonic, you know, I have seen this game either it gets praised or it gets land blasted, right? Mm. I, I've always seen it as it's a 50-50 between people either really love this game or they hate it. I think the people that hate it are more of a vocal minority. I, I, I do still see typically more praise for the game, but. Well, yeah, it seems like generally you talk to like if you're outside of the fan base, right? Mm -hmm. It seems like if you were to, I've seen all the time I'm talking to people, and then I start talking about Sonic, and then the first thing they say to me is, "Oh yeah, I played the Sonic Adventure 2 Battle, and I really loved yeah. that." Yeah, that's like all. That's like the go-to, which says to me that in terms of general consensus, that's just kind of like it feels like a very dedicated contingent of people that are 
that that say that you know yeah. oh, it was never good or what, you bad. know what I mean like yeah. yep there there is definitely a difference between like people in the fan base itself for any franchise and then people that are either very casual or just you know uh, maybe they only played one or two games from a certain series and yeah well, so you have, I mean, really like... I think sometimes you just need to remove yourself from the like because I think we can all get too close to something sometimes but you, sometimes mm-hmm. you just have to like observe it from on high you know mm-hmm. yep and if we're all nostalgic think... for SA2 you know to a point where everyone in the real world is is just running around and just saying oh yeah I played Sonic Adventure 2 Battle and, and did the Chow Garden and all that fun stuff um I kind of have to ask well why are we all nostalgic for SA2 and not heroes or 06 or any of these other games that were all on the you know same general time frame i feel like there is some level of of trying to undermine that that core consensus in a way you know to to just say it's all nostalgic as if everything is nostalgia but nothing is really it's like the incredibles (laughs) i don't know yeah what were you gonna say juice uh i was gonna say i also think that just like like you were saying before, like the modern age of like um, video game critiquing and stuff like that with how people are watching like YouTube videos, especially like around like four or five years ago, like there was a lot of uh, Sonic Adventure 2 or just like Sonic Adventure videos in general. They were like, yeah, these games are trash. Like people like Pro Jared, obviously his Sonic Adventure 2 video is pretty popular. Well, I don't want to say popular, but pretty like infamous for infamous. that and stuff like that. And mm that opinion almost like it's, it's like one person's opinion like i don't think like i can't mm-hmm. like i'm not gonna blame him i'm not gonna blame any particular person for like um uh a fan base not liking a game because i think that's stupid because ultimately it's up to the fan base yeah. themselves i mean one person and, and those people but uh, but at the same time i feel like that those that was like a big reason why so many people online and it's on the community were like ah those games were overrated it was like stuff like that, and and I do think spreading. those kind of people are a, you know, wh- whether you believe you know, the vocal minority or sound majority is a thing. I do think, like, it's something that one person does, and say it affects several hundred thousand people. Uh, you know, the fan base doesn't consist of one million people. You know, it's way, way, way bigger than that. You know, that's kind of how I look at them. Yeah. yeah. Cool. So um, now that we went over that, and that goes for any fan base, by by the way. But yeah, <laughs> yeah, for sure. So now that we got that out of the way, like modern reception, because I feel like that, that that's a good thing to get out of the way first. Mm-hmm. We can start to get into like the development and, and gameplay of this game, and kind of what the developers were thinking going into it, and um, mm-hmm. maybe some struggles that they would have faced. So de- development I goals. Think... Um, it's been documented that pretty much what they wanted to do is take what was successful in Sonic Adventure and just, like, cut things out and make what worked work better and yeah. expand on do the story, which is one of the, the biggest things that they wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And I think that they succeeded. So Yeah, basically. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, I was playing um, uh, Sonic Adventure, but... Uh, Whatever I made my video last year, um, and I remember playing through it, and I didn't even know what you just said. 
-hmm. I didn't even really know that. I was never really aware of what they wanted to do or what they didn't. But I remember playing Sonic Adventure and being like, wow, the things that work best for me, and I just did this unconsciously. I didn't even notice that I did this. But I said, the things that really work for me here are Sonic, Knuckles, and Gamma. And then later on, I realized, oh, now I, I kind of understand how SA2 happened. You know what I mean? Like, yep. I feel like it's a it's a pretty self-evident thing, even without knowing that, you know? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. It just, just it's like games, the, yeah. it's, it's, I feel like it's the, the conclusion that most people come to when playing both games. Um, mm-hmm. I, I, the story specifically, because like the story of Sonic Adventure is just like so all over the place for me. It's and fragmented. It's really fragmented, and it seems like a, sometimes a lot of the characters in it don't necessarily like know what's going. On. I I know that it's like a, a per, like a purposeful artistic decision, but for me, the story of Sonic Adventure Two works so much better when you're like actually, it's just like two perspectives, and then the last story. It like it was made to be what it is. Just, it feels like it, whereas Sonic Adventure just feels more um, scattered. And it's it was story. very experimental, for sure. Yeah, that's like one of my biggest yeah. criticisms. I mean, I really Sonic respect Adventure. what SA1 was going for, but I think yeah. I, it also makes me appreciate how much SA2 really structured it much better. At least I think it did. Mm. And I can really admire that nowadays. Mm-hmm. Um... I know that the developers of this game also pretty much said that every, even though it wasn't like a huge team or anything like that, this was the time in their development team where everyone was on the same page and working to like for the same goals, essentially. Yeah, that's a. As opposed to any other game that they had made before, this is the one where they all felt like they were at their best. That's also something that has been documented in interviews. Um, I don't yeah. know if it was Azuka who said that or what, but uh, it shows. <laughs> well, and, and you know, uh, this is the final Sonic game that's going to be on a Sega console. So mm -hmm. they're really, now more than ever, is like a strive to like, to really make this count. Um, even if, you know... Because it's like we we already knew, I think, believe in in the development that we already knew they were going to make the transition to Nintendo and and have Sonic on the GBA. There was going to be a, an advanced game, um, but they're they kind of went about it in this way that like, well, even if this is not our last game, there's definitely going to be some sort of change brought, um, uh, you know after SA2, so we really want to, you know, go for that same kind of, uh, wow, take the world by storm effect that we did with SA1, and we just want to, we just want to make it, you know, something, something even, even grander in, in some yeah. sort of sense, mm -hmm. and, uh, I feel like there really is a, a, a clearer focus with this one, even though, the, the development was also pretty short, yeah, and rushed. there were pretty big changes in development too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, lots of big changes. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, I don't know them all for sure, but obviously there's the there's the Tails one where like the fan base was upset that Tails wasn't in the game, and then he got added as a mech stage later. There was the fact that like Sonic was in Skyrail and stuff like that, which 
you still have like yeah and i think i i don't know at what point this would happen but shadow did not look the way he does that's oh, yeah. I, they changed that at some point yeah tedios so... <laughs> or a reflection or whatever but it, it's it doesn't really seem to me like they were confused or there were troubles you know what i mean yeah. it, it seems more to me like they decided oh this would be cool you know mm-hmm. if we did this instead and then it sort of naturally evolved to the point that it did because yeah. i know people say that you know because of that the things that happen in development certain characters don't feel like they fit as well as others but it doesn't indicate to me like development trouble as much as like they kind of realized they could do something even better than their original plan you know mm-hmm. yeah it seems like like they were firing on all cylinders pretty much it was just like idea after idea after idea let's fit it in and and make it work and they did that just fine i love the i'm so glad that shadow has his design instead of the terios design yeah i really yeah. don't like the original shadow design <laughs> yeah I really don't like the original, the nails of the bat design that we've seen. Oh, I, I forgot about that. that they one. made the right call <laughs> on that one. Game development. Yeah. And see, that's like, because this game was like slightly delayed, I also believe. Um, and, you know, obviously it was still sort of, they had to, they had to rush it to an extent. There's no way they can actually just sit here. And, like the clock is ticking for a Dreamcast and... Well, you know, it's already getting discontinued anyway, so they can't, like, just go and dump this in 2002. Yeah. But, um, you know, I, there's, uh, maybe I'm spoiling a bit here, but, like, you look at SA2, and a lot of the changes that happen over development don't feel like changes that are, like, unnatural or, or changes that are, like, super duper, like, Oh my god, we gotta salvage this game. Mm-hmm. Um cause the way that, that Shadow ends up being compared to his original concepts is Terios, the way that, that Rouge ends up being compared to, you know, her, her basic nails the bat design. Um, I really think that they're they looked at how the story is and they, they made some creative decisions there to to really make these characters stand out, which is why I think that they fit in perfectly, but you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's just so much about these games and about like, you know, Valor and and them going to San Francisco and stuff like that. Where oh yeah, this is a giant project at the time, you know. Yeah, I think the only thing that like got left out were, to my knowledge, a few scenes in the story that Mayakawa definitely wanted to include in. I think there's a famous quote saying that if he could give an arm up to have a couple scenes that got cut from the game, then he would do that to put them back in. I don't mm-hmm. know if they were more like flashbacks to give more context between Shadow and Maria and stuff like that. I'm pretty sure that's what it was. Um, I think that's what he said. Yeah. Some, around somewhere. Which, the game doesn't necessarily suffer from those scenes not being in there, because you you still understand everything that's going on, but maybe it would have been nicer to have more of a connection between Shadow and Maria at the same time, so I kind of get what he's saying there. Who knows what was in those scenes, honestly. Mm-hmm. Interesting Flavor to text. me. Um, okay, so I guess we can go over a few version differences. So Wait, Before that, I want to... Oh sure, go ahead. About the whole 
you know, the envisions that the developers have with then when the game comes out. Uh, I do think that for some games, the developer's vision and the execution of the game can either mesh perfectly or there are differences that, you know, despite what they say, you look at the end product, you're like, well, this is not something that doesn't add up is basically what I'm saying. And I'm the type of person that believes in uh, death to the Arthur, where the execution of the media overtakes what their original vision was if it wasn't conveyed super well throughout the product. I don't think SA2 is what that is, though. I think what they aimed for and what they wanted to do shows perfectly through their own execution. And, you know, just, it's a, it's how a sequel should be done. You know, this, Resident Evil 2, I think, are great examples of games that are fantastic sequels. Sonic mm, Adventure 2 yeah. is what I go to to say this is what a sequel should be. I'll be honest with you. Uh, <clears throat> one of the only reasons, because I felt like Sonic Adventure discussion was a bit like, I don't know how to say it, but it, it was done a lot. Yeah. So I wasn't originally, I was thinking originally, like, maybe I should just make an SA2 video because that's where I had the most to say. But then I thought, I'm like, SA2 really is like, it necessitates a discussion of SA1 because of how much of yeah. a good, like, how much they took from that project and just decided they were going to try to do something better. Mm-hmm. And I think, especially with the state of Sonic now, I really wish that was a lesson they'd continue to take into the future also doesn't help that there are some you know there are the teams are different now you know you, yeah, you, you not yeah. isn't there anymore and stuff like that so. okay yeah i i agree it's really hard to talk about sa2 without first having some baseline of what of sa1 there just because of the fact that sa2 builds upon sa1 so well i think it's important i agree with that um Alright, so as far as version differences go, obviously this game was originally released on the Dreamcast, and then the Battle An amazing console, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) So much, so ahead of its time. Um, There's some cool games on it. Yes. Then you have the Battle port on GameCube, the Xbox 360 and PS3 ports, and the PC ports. Um, Since the GameCube port, all the other ports were based on the GameCube ports and have broken it further. So people know. Um, I think it's important for everyone to try to, if you can, at least uh, at least once in your life, play the original Dreamcast version. Since there's no like Dreamcast conversion mod like there is for the Sonic Adventure, but also the port, like the modern PC port of, of SA2, is nowhere near as broken as like um, Sonic, Sonic Adventure DX is. So in game, anyway. Yeah. The, Pretty funny. The graphics on both of them are pretty broken. Like, there's uh, layering issues in a lot of the cutscenes. Where in Sonic Adventure 2 Battle, for example, I, I know this is the cutscene where, like, Rouge notices that there are emerald shards or something before she goes out to Mad Space. In, in the original version, it actually shows up on the screen that there, oh, it's like the emerald reading and stuff like that. But in the battle ports, it's just not there. <laughs> She's like, alright, gotta go now. And you're like, what? <laughs> mm. So it's like stuff like... Sonic like... really has the worst fucking luck when it comes to re-releases. Like... Yeah, like, definitely. They're Sonic all... and Ratchet are think... very bad. 
I can't oh think God, of Ratchet. any that are just like unambiguously great. It's just kind of shit. I think I don't <laughs> think they've had like a. I think SA2 is probably the the best port that they they have, right? And it still has big problems as far as stuff. Like that. At least the SA2 battle, I think, is probably their best. Like yeah. I mean, it changed some stuff, but I think in terms of porting jobs, I think that's probably the best one they've done. Oh yeah, and then like as far and then obviously the sound effects were way louder on GameCube than they were Dreamcast. Like the beeping, the jumping, and stuff like that. Originally, the character is supposed to have like two jump noises, and on GameCube they have one, and they're louder. Um, then the PC ports make it even louder, <laughs> like. So there's obviously stuff like that, but Battle did add a lot of stuff too. Like you have Chow Karate, you have the upgraded two-player mode. Um, so that's cool. Oh, you one thing I forgot to mention: exclamation the... mark for oh my hunting. god, so helpful. Going back to <laughs> I played this game on right, Dreamcast yeah. and um, hunting with Rouge and stuff like that. I was just like, oh yeah, there's no exclamation mark. It makes up for it in a few places because in Security Hall. I don't know if you guys know this, but you can actually, like, just spiral upper in front of any of the safes, and any of them will open without you having to, like, go all the way back to open the safes. And it's, what? Oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to have to try that. that. Yep. Uh, so that's a thing. Uh, collision detection is a little more broken on Dreamcast, I believe. Um, so they fixed that up a bit. And, yeah. So it's just like a bunch of like differences like that. So I, I just wanted to go over those real quick. Um, For the record, I've never played on a Dreamcast. Actually, I've only ever played the Sonic Adventure One demo on a Dreamcast. That's ah, uh, I haven't until recently controller. myself. <laughs> oh, one thing I will say is that on the Dreamcast, though, Sonic Adventure Two specifically has a dead zone bug, so you can't like run straight without like real like it's really difficult to do it for some reason so that's annoying as hell but you can get a patch for it um i believe they're working on one now <laughs> just to let you know so that's one uh, downfall of the dreamcast version also loading times if you don't have the um sd card you know cd-rom emulator we're finally getting a patch 20 years later love to see it <laughs> yeah um so yeah, as I, I really wish there was a definitive version of this game that I could recommend, but unfortunately there's no like Dreamcast conversion for the PC. But there are a lot of fixes. Like there are cutscene fixes, um, there are layering issue fixes, there are lighting fixes. Because the lighting and the fog effects of the Dreamcast version are like so good compared to the ports. They really broke those. So okay. Hopefully, eventually, we'll have something like that. But until then, at least try the Dreamcast version. It's a good thing that they never did that again. Yeah. <laughs> it's a good thing that they've, they've learned their uh, lesson there. Uh -huh. Not to make today's podcast topical or uh, dated. But... <laughs> See, I, I think when it comes to versions of SA2, like, while I really like the things you can mod in with the PC version, I think, you know, if I had to judge it just based on its own version, how it is when you buy it out of the box, then I would still say, you know, the Dreamcast or maybe even the original GameCube port would be the better way to go. But the convenience you know, of the PC is just too great. Yeah, of course. But 
Well, it's feel great like, when it doesn't crash. <laughs> yeah. I, I feel like I shouldn't... I, I don't want to judge it purely like, oh yeah, the PC has like mods and all that, and while that's good, but that is, I guess, third party even, or fan support for it, if you see what know. I'm trying to say. Yeah, I'm trying to base even, it just even purely how day, it is. Even to this day, I think the PC port of SA2 is like... In terms of like... I. I still can't get it to consistently stop fucking crashing. Me neither. <laughs> when it's I have loaded, to, I have to open it like it. two or three times, don't touch anything, and then maybe <laughs> it'll work. Yeah. Yep. It's annoying as fuck. I haven't yep. had any of those issues, but I know it's been a thing. Oh, yeah. I guess I'm lucky. <laughs> I feel like if my computer goes into sleep mode at all, then I have to restart my PC before even trying to launch SA2. Otherwise, it'll always crash. So... I have had to, like, three times now, I, there's, like, a guide out there that actually is dedicated to, like, going into the files and fixing the things that cause these crashes. Oh. And it, it works for me, and I haven't really had SA2 crash since, but there's still other various issues. Yeah, it's just and... that's something that you shouldn't have to do. Yeah. I have to change, every time I want to play SA2, I have to change my monitor from 144 hertz down to 60 hertz, or else the game's at double speed, it's like... If you you can actually Mine auto changes. graphics card. Do I have what now? If you have an what? NVIDIA graphics card, you can actually set it to where SA2 the application will. You have to like oh, manually force it to be 60 hertz. I had yeah, to do I that because I was like I just started it on my 144 hertz monitor here, uh, like earlier this year, and I was like, what's going on? <laughs> we can't well, you're you're supposed to go fast when you play Sonic, don't you know? Yeah, I mean, speedrunners use speedrun tech. I've seen oh, yeah. people try. It's not pretty. <laughs> yeah. Mine, Which... I guess, probably auto sets it to sixty because mine is one forty-four hertz and it just launches the game at sixty. But I do have Nvidia, so I don't know if it automatically just knows it runs at sixty or what. I, I have... have Nvidia and it does not automatically. Know, so <laughs> I, I have Radian or whatever it's pronounced. <laughs> Uh-huh. I had to actually set that myself, and I got worried for a bit, because I thought, if oh, I'm not switching my monitor to 60 hertz every single time I play this game. No way. Mm -hmm. But yeah. That's what I do. Old old <laughs> Sega PC ports, or like, or old Sonic PC ports, anyway, I don't know about other things. I swear, there's just some magical problem with like most of these. And then, new ones, you just have to like worry about like Denuvo and stuff. Oh wait, currently Colors crashes, but you know, anyway. Um, <laughs> it's just, it's, I always play it on PC now, just cause I, cause I can, and cause it's simpler, and I feel like yeah. I kinda like how HD controls better anyway, but, uh. Yep. Okay, cool, so. I guess we can start actually talking about the the game now. I think we're ready now that we wow. got all that okay. out. <laughs> um, Alright, so Sonic goes fast and uh, that's it. The end. Yep. Pack it all right. Thanks guys. <laughs> Thanks for coming. Uh, so I, I have it um, laid out here so we'll go over each of the gameplay styles first and then maybe our favorite stages and least favorite stages from those. So... I would say as far as the speed gameplay goes, it's probably my my second favorite gameplay type. I know everyone like runs to speed as their favorite and stuff like that, and it's really good. Um, 
A lot of people say there's no exploration. I, I think if you compare it to Sonic Adventure 1, then I would, sure, I would say I agree, but I think the exploration mostly comes from how well you know the levels and um, yeah, there definitely how this, no game, this game lends itself really well to replayability, which will go into the ranking system. Uh, like, the, the ranking system in this game in general, especially when it comes to the, the speed stages, it's like, oh, okay, I completed them. I see all the, I see like these different paths and stuff like that, and I got like a C or something like that, like in the story. Um, I guess an example of this is I could say Radical Highway, for example. Like people say, there's no branching pathways in these in these uh, Sonic stages or in the speed stages. But in Radical Highway alone, let's say you get to the uh, the big bridge section. For example, you have like maybe four different paths that you can take right there. Um, if you take the the ramp before them and actually perform the the trick correctly, then you go up high. Um, if you fall down low, then you have to slowly like make your way and then like somersault through those two rollies, whatever they are, um, mm -hmm. and then and then have to fight the jet or whatever if it's there. Um, you could take the path where you actually because the game teaches you you start by grinding on a rail um like right at the start of the level if you take mm -hmm. the very top or if you hit the springs on the bottom before the bridge then you can actually just take the rails down and skip all of it that's the fastest way so right there it's like there are multiple uh pathways right there that, that you can get just from replayability and from actually like mastering the, the stage and controls so, I think yeah, the I mean, game I always had fun well. messing around with stuff like that. Like, mm -hmm. uh, I think there's plenty to explore in the levels. It's just not as like I think I say one maybe is just more naturally freeform. Um, and I certainly notice that when I go back to I say one now, where like the levels feel a little more like naturally open, whereas I say two, a lot of the secrets you have to go out of your way for, and then go back to the main path, but. There's certainly a lot of stuff like in Radical Highway, and um, I think um, Green Forest has a few cool split paths you can do oh, yeah. and some extras. Um, but I guess it, it's not. It, it's like it. It's more for me about replaying the level and trying to get a good rank. So I guess mm -hmm. it's more speed focused than Sonic has been up to that point. But I don't think it entirely abandons the precepts that the previous games established in terms of, like, you can go find ring boxes and stuff, and, like, uh, Metal Harbor has a lot of, like, you could say, yeah, it's just a straight line. And for a lot of it, it is, but there are cool little, like, life boxes hidden around, like, um, that you can find in different paths. And then the thing that kind of cements the gameplay style as my favorite is there's a lot of stuff, like, in Metal Harbor at the end, where if you just play out of your fucking mind, you can get to the top of the rocket oh God, and get yeah. more points. You have like and so that shit many just feels there. really good, you know? It feels really good to do that in the same way that it feels really good to learn the levels in the previous games. So I think it's it maybe focuses less on stuff that people might have wanted in terms of like exploration, but I think that it makes up for it in being like the most fast-paced, most... Like, you have to learn the most about the levels to do them well. And the ranking system really just wraps it in a neat little bow, so. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think um, 
it's pretty fair to say that SA2, uh, a lot of the draw for, you know, people who, who, who have it as their favorite, it comes from the ranking system. And, um, you know, I think that it's a lot more of a fun, intuitive way to play it than, than SA1, where you just play level three times so you can get the A mission and you can, you know, do a level faster or something. Uh, I feel like SA2... I uh, I know that for like a regular first time playthrough, maybe it doesn't matter to people, but I really uh, am not. Uh, I'm not one with the mindset that these levels are just linear hallways uh, yeah. with you know no, non gameplay. No. I just can't agree with that because for one thing, even without the ranking system, you have to actually think to to get through some of these levels. Um, you know, obviously in SA1, I, I feel like the appeal of SA1 is that the Sonic levels that are there kind of feel a bit more organic. They kind of feel like they have some really notable areas. You don't really get islands like you would in Emerald Coast or rooms quite like you would in in, um, in Lost World. Sorry, yeah. title slipped me because the game. Um, but in exchange, SA2 really kind of focuses more on that whale chasing sort of exhilaration um and makes sonic more kind of more of an acrobatic character and they were showing this off as soon as the first trailer with him doing like a, a kick flip oh yeah, yeah, yeah running from a gun truck which you don't actually do in the game but still um it's <sighs> and that's why city escape is just such a great level um because it's just it introduces you to this sort of concept and that's what you're basically doing for the whole game and it feels good to be able to do that better and better with the ranking system i feel like for a first time playthrough it's moments of exhilaration and i i don't think it's really like lame or stale at all and then yeah. for anyone well, who sonic has always kind of had set pieces you know like absolutely mm -hmm. It's always been part of his appeal. Since the first so. loop-de-loop in Green Hill Zone. It's not even something that they use to, like, artificially make the 3D games better. I think that applies to the classic games, too. I think that it's the same sort of feeling I get when I outrun the camera in Chemical Plant Zone. I think that's the same sort of feeling I get uh, when I play, you know, like, Wing Fortress Zone and, and go through its, you know, perilous traps and stuff, which... You know, there just is Sonic levels by nature, I, I think, aren't meant to be formulaic, just a bunch of slopes and, and exploring every single time. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Yep. Uh, Stu, do you have anything to add before I chime in or? Uh, no, you guys pretty much got it. Yeah, you know, I'll say more when we talk about the specific gameplay styles themselves, I guess. Yeah, it's, I mean, that's kind of what we're doing now, is just the, each of the gameplay styles. So we're going to the speed well, one right now. I guess but... for speed, I don't really have much to add, like... Okay. Uh, I, mean, I did say in the SA1 podcast that I did prefer Sonic's gameplay there a bit more yeah. than here. But... <laughs> The speed levels, they're 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 fun. They're probably my favorite parts. 
of the game. But yeah, no, you guys pretty much. I think something to add is that the levels for speed stages in SA2 compared to SA1, I think are just more consistent. Like, there are, yeah. there are, I have more problems with stages in SA1 than I do in SA2, I'll say. Like, maybe SA1 has some highs that I like a little more, but... Yeah. I wouldn't really, like, I'm trying to think, because you said we might talk about, like, our favorite or least favorite stages. Yeah. And for speed stages, it's like some of them feel like I don't like them as much as others, but there are none that I point to that are like... I mean, fi like Final Chase is pretty bad, but like it's not like... I think it's in SA1 there are a lot of stages... There are a lot of stages like uh, Skydeck and maybe Casinopolis, which are a bit like... They're a bit different in a way that kind of bothers me, whereas in yeah. SA2... The worst I can say is that, like, Final Chase is just a bit jank. Like, it's not like... I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, it, it's... They feel a little more consistently fun. Yep. So. Yeah, I, I would agree with you. Like, stuff like, um... Skydeck in, in Sonic Adventure is one that kind of bothers me a little bit, too. Um, but, yeah, like, Casinopolis. And then... And in also, this that, game, well, that one... Part in uh, um, for fuck's sake, what's the name of it? Ice the second level in SA one. Oh, Windy Valley. Uh, yeah, Windy Valley, the one section where you're just running in straight lines. That's literally straight lines. Yeah. When people talk about SA two straight lines, that's what I think about is the wind, the end of Windy Valley. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like, <laughs> and that's not really what I see in SA two, you know. Yeah. You there there's like just like the classic games, I feel like that Sonic Adventure Two is still like it's still uh it's faithful to those in the sense that you have multiple pathways where if you know the game well and you're taking the ramps and you're being cool and everything like that, you're gonna get through the stages faster and it's gonna look better. And if you don't know what you're doing then it's gonna take longer and you're not gonna have as much fun. And the game like I, I think what it does best is it wants you to replay those stages over and over again with the ranking system with its 180 albums to, to collect and stuff like that um but yeah i guess we can get into our, our favorite speed stages and least favorite i know you said that you don't like final chase but it's actually my favorite speed stage it used to be my least favorite until i got really good at it and then it became my favorite because yeah i think it's just the 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 damn tubes, if you could get a wrangle on the tubes, then I mm -hmm. probably would like it, you know? Yeah. They're very but... specific. I'm not, like, for, for like, a casual player or someone who hasn't, like, meticulously, like, studied that stage and has gone through everything, it's going to be a pain in the ass. Especially on, on GameCube, the tubes work even less than PC. <laughs> yeah. So, um... Yeah, but, like, you have to approach each tube very specifically to get, like, max speed up them and jump off them with your gravity resetting at the right times. Once you get yeah. a flow in that stage, though, it, it's, like, it's unlike no other stage. It feels really I mean, bad. I would say that, like, Final Chase is probably my least favorite speed stage, but I can still have fun with it in moments where the two, like, I like a lot of the tubes where they're not... I think the vertical tubes are the ones that annoy me the most because they're the ones mm -hmm. that give me the most problems. When they're like horizontal-ish and you're going in a straight line, they're pretty fun to like work with. I like those sections a lot. Yep. I can physically 
like see a remake of SA2 happening. Well, okay, in an alternate timeline, uh, where <laughs> like Final Chase is actually this like banger level that's just that's just polished, and you have this very nice rhythm to just twirling around these tubes, and a proper player like can just do that and it's so fun and a regular player doesn't feel too yeah like overwhelmed by by getting pulled left and right or like there's i remember there's one part that i just always think is probably gonna piss a, a first time player off because it did to me is like there's this part where there's like a vertical tube pretty long vertical tube and you just are there and there's like meteors and then they have this you know those gun robots that go and then shoot the the bombs oh, at you the one right after the the boost ramp and then you yeah this one and then you have to go up the double one and it's like any down. normal players just can be like all right whoa whoa i can't mm -hmm. like you know and so it's like that's definitely my least favorite um speed level my favorites perhaps obviously city escape but like it's a good one um it's not to say I don't like to say that because it makes it sound like every other level just doesn't compare to the highs of City Escape. Oh, when in yeah. fact, I think that Metal Harbor is, you know, just about as good. Um, love Radical Highway. Um, yeah, I'd probably. I, f I feel like City Escape is probably my favorite too. Although, I actually really, really like Final Rush. Like it's, a lot. Yeah, it's, it's me good. too. Um, especially once I learned what you can do with the vertical rail things, where if you jump off them into the air and there's hidden shit up in the air if you do it with the momentum, that shit just like completed the stage. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's just like so fun to jump on those little rail things into the air and go really high and skip parts of the stage. And it's clear that they intend for you to do that because they put boxes up there or like capsules. So. Yeah, and honestly, when I was a kid, and I discovered shortcuts so you can do, like, not even, like, speed running, just, oh, jump off here, and I can skip to this area, or there's, like, that hidden really long rail that goes down to the to this lower area, if you go to the right from these artificial chaos at some point in the level. And when I found that as a kid, I was like, holy shit, I feel like that's the kind of stuff that people are looking for, you know, when they say that... that these stages are too linear i feel like final chase is perhaps the most uh perhaps the most expansive speed stage uh, and it's rush but final, final rush, rush. Okay. sorry final rush and it's pretty yeah it's a very cool set piece that level i, I think maybe I in terms of like ways. pure the pure design aspect because final chase in terms of execution might be my least favorite but at, in terms of level design I think the one I always think of as being particularly annoying is Pyramid Cave, um, where I just don't really know. Yeah, if <laughs> if you're playing it normally, um, it just feels really like I don't know what they were thinking when they made that stage. You know, it, it feels a little like I don't know where some of these ideas came from. Is what I'll say. Like it feels a little antithetical to what the rest of the game is like. Yeah, mm -hmm. like the fact that um, you have to go like all the way down this path just to like grab a 
thing to throw on the uh, yeah it, it feels like you're playing a like different that. game for a bit and it's it's always been jarring even when i was a kid mm -hmm. also there's some weird thing like remember that section in pyramid cave where you have to like somersault under three of the um things yeah. before the dash panel takes you i don't know what the i mean i know there are rails on the side that you can like slowly go on to get to the next one instead of somersaulting. What is the point of those? Does anyone really know? Is there anything? I've never understood that. As I was yeah. like, <laughs> I've, I've always yeah, it's really, really weird. Now, as a speedrunner, that stage becomes a lot more fun because of the fact that you can skip yeah. both of the you doors. can skip all the stuff that doesn't make sense. Yeah, <laughs> so it's like yeah. yeah, no more pace breaking. Um, so that's cool. I, I City Escape is really good too. I feel like from pure level design, it has to be one of the best. It's so good yeah. how the game teaches you multi like the different things you can do as soon as you fall off of the uh, the board. Like the the first place it teaches is like go up the stairs. You can grind on this rail. You can get up to this ledge from these boxes. Here's your first enemy. Now I'm teaching you that you can keep your momentum to like get this ring box. I'm showing you this metal box that you cannot like break yet but you're gonna have to come you know you can come back later and break it and it's gonna do something like the game shows you so much and it just like stay it's like in your mind it's almost i don't know it's so good <laughs> and we're gonna give you rails that are not above do or die sections yeah that you can that you yep. can eventually figure out you can grind on and it's cool because it's in a city so if you're like if you actually live in california you're like holy shit <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. it's yeah. it's a really cool feeling. Um, I think my favorite speed stage would be Green Forest. Mm -hmm. I really mm -hmm. like just the level in general. It's fast paced. It, I guess it is a little linear compared to some others, but that doesn't bother me as I, like the nonstop action. I really like. I also like the stage thematically. There's a lot of agency within the story of when you get to it. Oh, it's so cool. <laughs> of like, you know, someone who doesn't the, know what's going on. Yeah. And the music, it's one of my favorite tracks in the game personally. Mm -hmm. But it's combined just it's a solid level that's fun, lots of fast-paced action, some decent platforming, uh the agency within the story itself and the music to compliments it i just think it's fantastic yeah if you're going through that stage for the first time and you see this timer you don't really know how much time it's going to take you to get through that stage mm -hmm. before the island blows up also yeah, that stage itself while it is linear it still has a lot of like oh yeah it still has paths that you can take by doing yeah. harder platforming tasks um mm -hmm. like to get to the mystic melody for example which is like okay these platforms are like off to the left and you have to like jump really high to go get them in these more unsafe jumps and stuff like that Exactly, exactly. Um, it has a few, like, hidden ring boxes and stuff on the tree and climb. Using, and using things like spin dash jumps and whatnot, yeah, it's fun. And I think mm -hmm. things like that, things like spin dash jumping, and honestly, you just look at stages like Metal Harbor and Green Forest, and I don't know. I don't know if you're going to do this your first time playthrough, but, like, I feel like you naturally do feel the inclination to see how far you can push it and see if you can jump if you can skip this loop that you see sonic run through by jumping over to the other branch mm -hmm. um i did as a kid or 
yeah and it's, and then there's like i love this part where you just bounce off springs and then he gets stuck to a little to a little vine and does a bungee uh, yep. jump and yeah. you and you see down there for future reference you see oh well there's a balloon down there so how do i get that if you hold a and then release at the right time and it's it's this very nice feeling when you do it yeah. and then at the end of a level there's the crumbling um yeah the footholds the footholds and then you can go across that faster and get more points and as a kid you literally mm -hmm. like you see that and you see oh wow i did dog shit at this <laughs> yeah, it's kind of it. hilarious you, to me how easy it is how easy it is to get the top spring nowadays yeah, yeah. when i was a kid it was i don't know what it was it was almost impossible to get up there mm -hmm. i don't really know what my problem was <laughs> like, yeah it's you just jump on one platform from where you are and then you just jump to the but it's right. it's it made it such a memorable section because yeah. i always struggled there mm -hmm. and i have to say you know um this is this is a little weird, but anytime I watched uh, Tarzan, mm. I, <laughs> I thought about grinding on the on the side rails in the oh. forest, and it's it's cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's interesting. We're gonna see and Tarzan just the music. doing that. I, people, I this is another thing. We're not at the music discussion yet, if there is one, but like, um, I think it's incredibly disingenuous to discount music when it comes to someone's enjoyment of a stage because when yeah. you're playing green forest the island's about to blow up <laughs> won't stop just goes playing it's like yeah that is so integral to the experience and there's just nothing really like that in sa1 there's like brief snippets where you're going down the buildings and stuff but the whole yeah, stage the whole stage is like, like this thrill ride yeah it's pretty intense yeah um, i mean it's like specifically designed for when sonic is like jumped like at the start of green forest it's like the you have the drum roll, da, 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 and then he jumps da, 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 da. like that's mm -hmm. before um, a lot of that kind of audio technology even existed and it's still in the game i don't know what my least favorite speed stage would be though it's kind of hard for me to say mine would be skyrail and i'll explain why so I am not a big fan of just the rail grinding in SA2. Uh, you know, I especially don't like uh, how janky jumping from rail to rail tends to be sometimes. It, it's broken in a few uh, scenarios, you know. Yeah, so, and I know in some spots it's fine, but in others it's not, so that's inconsistent. Um, and I don't know, like, it, there's nothing inherently offensive about Skyrail, but most of the stage or a good amount of it you're just you're grinding on rails and while it looks visually cool it's the rail grinding isn't what i enjoy about the speed stages mostly mm -hmm. see i think sa2 is when i did rail grinding the best so it's because you actually have to balance yourself to get speed yeah unlike in like well yeah Heroes i i Shadow like that where you just mash b and you go like sure it might be more consistent but i as someone who's going to replay the levels a lot which the game pretty much tells you to do i will learn those things in the stage get better i, I think i gained a lot more appreciation for skyrail when i learned that there are a lot of sections where you can skip the grind rails but like not mm. as a speedrunner, but like they clearly they're, they're, they're there bumpers there yeah. mm. they put bumpers on top of the pumpkins and i'm like oh so they 
they kind of expect that one day you're going to try and do this. And I, that's when I gained a lot more respect for that level. Mm -hmm. Also, like, when you're grinding down the... Like, not even jumping earlier, like in, in, like we do in the speedrun, for example, to land on that pumpkin. If you continue going down that rail, there's a beetle that you jump off the rail, homing attack the beetle, and then you're on that mm -hmm. pumpkin with the, the thing of rings. Yeah. It shows you that you can get to the other pumpkins. They have collision. You just spin dash jump. The developers know you can spin dash jump like this. There are multiple, like scenarios in the levels that, that are clearly meant for this so the developers know what i do going. like about skyrail is how like there's a lot of different pathways you can take to reach to different things that is mm -hmm. a part of the stage i do like but skyrail is also kind of an odd one because it's probably like the shortest level like yeah. of these speed levels um and it's like and a lot of it is you know bouncing them a little bong 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 things and then and then grinding and i actually had someone uh one of my one of my pals told us yesterday that he thinks actually skyrail might be his least favorite speed level and i was like that's, that's kind of interesting um it's certainly not one of my favorites but yeah i probably had a lower opinion of it when i didn't know you could do all that stuff mm -hmm. so um also the bounce bracelet someone just brought this up in chat is really fun for rail grinding and stuff like uh final rush yeah, the bounce shadow doesn't have <laughs> Unfortunately. Yeah, I, I really wish, like, I I really wish Shadow had a bounce bracelet. See, maybe it's if really I played weird. that stage with Sonic, I'd have more It's fun. really <laughs> weird to not, because yeah. the bounce bracelet's so fucking fun to play around with, and yeah. the fact that Shadow doesn't have it really detracts from his levels. It's fun until you miss time a light speed dash and you die, but... Yeah. Does <laughs> Shadow have any ult... I... Nope. I don't think he has, like, alternative, like... See, he doesn't, and I actually thought that it would be cool if he gets another jump in the form of Chaos Control. Yeah. And, but he doesn't. And I think that would have been such a cool little inclusion if his levels were designed around that at all. Um, because yeah. you always see him using it in the cutscenes and stuff like that, but you never get to use it when you actually play as Shadow, so... If we had a good remake, maybe we could <laughs> do something like that. That yeah. is one thing, real quick, I want to praise 06 for, is how they made Shadow similar to Sonic, but also different by using his chaos mm -hmm. abilities. Mm -hmm. no. I just wish they would do more of that. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure, actually, all across SA2, um, each pair of, of characters, uh, there will be one that has one more upgrade than the other. I'm pretty sure Eggman has the armor that Tails doesn't, yep. and... Knuckles, Knuckles has the air necklace that Rouge yeah. has. Yeah, Rouge has... Yeah, in Security yeah. Hall, there are two metal boxes. Once you learn the Mystic Melody, you can jump across platforms, break oh, the metal yeah, boxes, yeah, yeah, that's right. get the, that's right. the, the, the scouter, the Vegeta scouter. Right. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's, it's interesting that the ones who have the extra ability are the ones who weren't rushed in, but I've always found that kind of perplexing that they never just bothered like hey here's rouge with the air earring or yeah. or shadow with the uh well honestly shadow bouncing around does sound kind of funny but like still i want it you know i think if they were given so an extra stage to because you also have to take into account that they were while some of the upgrades you do have to go back for some of them would be like like if he got chaos control or something like that and the earlier levels weren't designed for it or something like that. I feel like they would have to have a level. They have to build upon their own mechanics. And you, you don't mm. know if they're going to play Hero Story first or if they're going to play Dark Story first. So 
they kind of have to like introduce those upgrades little by little to make sure that you understand how the level design or like how those things are going to work in the next level. So if they gave Shadow like another level in between there and then gave him a chaos control, for example, or a bounce, and then in the in another level or in that level and then in the next level, it kind of required the use of that, then that would work. But there's only so many upgrades that they could probably stack. Unless it's one of those things where it's just like in Radical Highway somewhere, like Flame Ring is. And mm -hmm. you can go back for it, and then it's just going to make the levels more fun. They could have done that too. I just, like I said, Shadow only having four stages probably is the reason for that. Is what I would assume. Mm -hmm. By the way, I have the soundtrack going myself. Um, I don't know where you're at in the... This oh, little cast here, but I'm listening to chow music right now. Same, I got chow race. <laughs> Good. <laughs> um, all right, so I guess we can go into hunting now, which is my favorite. My man, so, my man, actually, Nux. yes, nice. Hunting is my favorite. It was my not my Nux. favorite for a while, but now it is, which is why re uh, replayability in this game is so important. Um, Oh, hunting. Uh, so I have a few gripes with it, which I guess I'll get out of the way first. And that is that I think I'm not one of the people who thinks that the Emerald Radar should have been as good as it was in SA1 from the start. Mm -hmm. But I do think that there should have been an upgrade for it for the bigger levels. Mad Space. Like Mad Space. Yeah, it's probably the best because I've always thought that it's, it would be better to have the SA1 Radar for the big levels. So. Mm -hmm. Because having it, it would have just made sense as an upgrade. Yeah, exactly. That's what I was saying in the SA one discussion is because like, I love the fact that it's like kind of nerfed and that you have the hint system for the smaller stages. But I think that system kind of breaks when you get to the bigger stages, and it, it would be too easy, in my opinion, to have like the all the the blips going on at the same time in the smaller stages. Just like I think the knuckle stages in SA one are way too easy, especially with Takal. So I th I think there's well, the more I think about it I feel like there's some compromise that could be reached that just didn't because you think about it and they clearly this is like some people are like what were they doing but it's like it was very obviously an attempt to make these harder because in Knuckles it was just mindless in in SA one um, but not only is the radar you know what it is in this game to and each hint is prioritized to one emerald so you know you kind of it'd be kind of weird to be getting hints for all three of the emeralds on the radar but you know that could be you know debated about for a while but then you also think about the fact that you know the stages are bigger and the emeralds are not bright green giant glow sticks anymore mm -hmm. so um it's kind of interesting. You feel like if they maybe ticked one of those knobs and then not the other, maybe it'd be a little less frustrating to people. I personally believe that if you use the hints, then, then you know, it usually ends up fine. But obviously there's some... You, you can't get an A rank. Oh, I wanted to get this out of the way first. If you <laughs> think you can't get an A rank when getting the hints, I have news for you. Okay. Yeah, you it's can. Very possible. You Number can read multiple. I can read like six hints and get an A rank. So, <laughs> have fun. 
It's just replayability. Well, if you learn to move fast in the stages and you learn what the hints even mean and you because it's you're almost like the it's stage, the whole point. Oh, and for, whoa, is that the game's design? <laughs> I don't know. For a first time playthrough, people say, well, I can't get an A rank. I just got an E rank. Of course not. Why the fuck are you trying but to get like... A ranks on your first time playthrough for fuck? Yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> just play the game. I think right. there's definitely room to criticize the treasure hunting in SA too, because obviously it's it was a problem for a lot of general people. But I think part of it really is like just not really wanting to play the stage in the first place. You don't want to use the hints. Mm. You feel dumb for using the hints, even though you don't feel dumb for to call telling you this way. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and in the first place, uh. My ideal Knuckles stage would just be more linear stuff like Cannon's Core, because I, I just think that makes. I like those too. I like those too. But I mean, you know, I don't know. Like, I think that there was actually a lot of thought put into the, the Knuckles and Rouge stages, and and I just can't. I can't really look at these and just just they're trash. All of them. Yeah. All these stages, they suck. You know. I think some I of the know. hints could definitely have been better. They're especially, like some <laughs> of them are, are actually broken. Some of them are legitimately broken, which is a is a criticism that I will say is like some of the hints don't actually lead to like the right places because they're broken from the port. So that's a problem. Well, and also mistranslations. I... Yeah, like... I wonder is it a lot better to get the hints in Japanese because I, I have no knowledge. Of this I would now. assume so, but also like some of like this. I forget this one like that says like something about a wall in um, headquarters and it <laughs> has like nothing to do with where the, the piece is at all. And as a speedrunner, it's just like, OK, I know that this hint leads to exactly where this piece is. But if you're just like playing the game casually, you like what? I mean, I guess you could get another hint wall. at that rate. You could get another hint, and it would give you more clues, and maybe that one would be translated correctly. But yeah, there's just like little things like that that uh, that definitely plague the system. Um, yeah. Uh, but hunting is my favorite, just because of how well you can have those characters move throughout the stages. It it just feels yeah. so just good. Incredible! It's just incredible. That I still don't know where every emerald shard is. Like, <laughs> there's so many of them. I mean, it's not incredible for speedrunning, but like, it's incredible <laughs> that I I've played the game so much and I still don't know where they all are. There's just so many of them that like, even if you do run into the same one every now and then, it feels like you get a completely different experience every time you play it. And... There are ten twenty four sets for first load, on every yeah. stage, so. There's quite. And every variation. time you play a every time you play a Knuckles or Rouge stage, you're learning how to get around faster. How to like it's it's the core of Sonic. You learn how to do it faster. You know. Every single gameplay style in this that. game. Every single gameplay style in this game is like that, and that's why I like it so much. You yeah. can keep your momentum and flow by replaying the stages, and that's not something I can say for every Sonic game out there. So. I just think that in this game. People often say that the treasure hunting and mech shooting has nothing to do with the with what Sonic's about, which I guess, you know, on surface level you could say uh, that, but I think in this game they really made an effort to make all three adhere to some 
some core principles of the game. So it never really feels to me quite like like Amy or Big and SA1, where yep. I'm kind of like, I don't really know, <laughs> you know, what I'm doing. They do, and that's why I said what I said, is because the common opinion is like, those things aren't like Sonic. I'm just like, well, what do you, like, what do you mean? Like, you keep momentum throughout the, the stages by knowing them better, and you do better in them and go faster when you do. Um, and I just, I just think Knuckles, this is literally the best controlling Knuckles in anything. Oh, even the I, thing. yeah, I agree wholeheartedly there. Yeah. I, um, like, his flow, or just like the treasure hunting character's flow in this game, like, when I go back to SA1, I'm like, oh, I can't drill dive to get down to the stage faster. I can't then mm -hmm. glide and, like, instant punch to, like, get speed because in SA1, like, punch is like a three hit. Bah, 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 like, just, like, kind of slows you down kind of thing. In this game, you can... It's, like, built around keeping your momentum throughout the, the stages, even if they are, like, linear hallways for some of them. Like, um... Like, they're... Uh, I don't mean to say, like like the stages of linear hallways i mean like you can still control the character very well and fast through those linear hallways like in um what's the stage my least favorite hunting stage Macaulay death chamber mine. death, death chamber, chamber. Uh, yeah like you can still move fast through death chamber for example by learning how to like um jump doing like the climb cancels and stuff like that by jumping at the end of the climb gliding and then punching to keep your momentum onto the next platform um and stuff like that that you'll you'll naturally learn through playing the stages. Just imagining Knuckles punching at random in his day to day life just to move slightly faster. <laughs> I can see that. I like I don't know. I it was it's it's kinda interesting actually. It was through speedrunning the game, or pseudo speedrunning in my case, um where I actually felt that it controlling the treasure hunting characters was was the best part of it compared to controlling the speed characters or the uh, or the shooters because there's a lot less jank. The jank really comes from a camera, honestly, and mm -hmm. also the same button syndrome. So like sometimes you look at a hint that you didn't want to look at, and you're like, oh. but like. The camera, honestly, in this game, I don't really have too much of a problem with. I don't like the fact that it, like, that you move it in the other character stages and it just moves right back the second you start moving. That sucks. But, like, um, and, and, and the treasure hunting, that's, like, really the only time you super duper need the camera. And it can kind of be annoying in, like, Aquatic Mine. Um, but most of the time, you know, it, I I think it's serviceable enough for for a game of this of this time period, and uh, certainly you know on Dreamcast they could have fixed the C stick on on the other consoles, but you know, uh, but it's just I I think really they have made Knuckles and Rouge feel exactly like how I think they should be playing. And part of that makes the objective not not really much of a problem to me, you know? Because this is but like... also, it feels like they have their own identity. Because in SA1, mm -hmm. um, I'm going to be honest with you, Knuckles and also kind of Gamma felt like 
tech demos, like they're prototypes almost, where like they they don't entirely feel like their own thing, but they kind of are because they go through a lot of they they don't feel like they have their own stages, so it's Except really Red noticeable. Red Mountain, I yeah. feel like works well for Knuckles. That one does, but it it feels really significant that they have stages that are designed for them oh because it God. works so much better. I cannot express that enough. That was one of like the biggest things I kept talking about in Sonic Adventure when I was discussing. I was like, God, this would be so much better if these characters had stages that were dedicated to their playstyles, and they just don't. Because you can clearly tell now what the point of the gameplay style is. Because I know, like, there's some stages I don't like. Like, Aquatic Mind pisses me the fuck off. Like, mm -hmm. I'll just be honest like mm -hmm. and it's mostly because it always it, the camera sucks and it's so fucking cramped and it it like death chamber at least feels like i have some breathing room with the camera a lot of the time and it's not that like aquatic mine feels like it's just too much like it, it's i don't know what it is it's always bothered me and the fact you have to keep going to the like back to the central room it reminds me of skydeck and i hated skydeck for knuckles and sa1 I don't know. Oh, that but, is horrible. <laughs> but then you play something like Pumpkin Hill, or you play like Meteor Herd, or um, honestly, in terms of level design, I'll even throw Mad Space in there because I think the problem with Mad Space is the gravity, not necessarily the fact that it's a big level. Because I actually like the big levels. Mm -hmm. I think they're fun because it showcases in every level that the point is you explore around and there's so much to see and so much to remember and once you like you know you explore around the first time to find out where the emerald is and it's it's a fun treasure hunt but then you get better and then you can speed you find out ways to speed around as fast as you can um and it just feels really good and then i finally that's when you understand the point of the gameplay style so i feel like it just in sa1 i barely felt like it functioned like correctly or, like, I didn't understand the point of it, but then in SA2, I completely, like, it just snapped because the levels were designed around them. So it, it was just a lot more fun. Yep. Uh, Mad Space is, a, is probably my least favorite hunting stage, along with Death Chamber. Just speedrunning is a lot of, is like a huge pay. Yeah. That's just my bias. Mad Space feels like it falls in the same category of Final Chase for me. Well, the level design itself is fine and i like it a lot it's just there's the there's a mechanic in it that doesn't work the way it should and is really annoying and that's why i'm always like i don't have a problem with mad space conceptually it's just not it, the way gravity works is infuriating so like it's it's kind of like I, I that's also why i've wanted kind of a remake for a while because i think they could definitely fix that but <laughs> that's you know. one of the stages that i would really appreciate having an upgrade for the radar is mad space yeah and that's when you know like if they ever made a remake you know like okay they have to fix mad space surely surely you know they can't but you know never mind <laughs> um it's i don't know I, 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 and that's comparatively between Mad Space and like Death Chamber. I think I would agree that Death Chamber is my least favorite. Either that or Aquatic Mind, because I'm going to be honest, Aquatic Mind kind of pisses me off sometimes too. But, yep. Um, it's not like, oh, like, oh, half the treasure hunting stages are, you know, bad. So, therefore, the gameplay style is like not good. Yeah. 
I think well, it just, just makes more sense when there's f more freedom, like you're in the open air, mm -hmm. rather than you're stuck in confined, claustrophobic rooms. Like, I think it just makes more sense when you're in somewhere like Pumpkin Hill or something. Because I Canyon, feel like Mad Space is like an easy fix, whereas Death Chamber just by its design is so labyrinthine in a not fun way. Yeah. Um, I and I really, by the way, I, I'm just gonna say that Meteor Herd, barring some shitty hints, is absolutely my favorite level. No question. I like Meteor Herd a lot. I also really like Meteor Herd. So. But it it kind of like drives me up a wall when people say that it's as bad as Mad Space. I'm like, no, no, no they just no like in, in their brains, they're probably just like space is bad hunting. Yeah, there, there's bad. yeah. That's Mad Space on a, like, just doesn't really work properly. I don't know. Meteor Herd actually, like, I... I think Meteor... The more I think about it, I think Meteor Herd actually is my favorite, too. Because, like, I, I understand the radar can make it difficult. Um, I wish it wasn't the way it was. But also, I, I love the expansive Emerald stages. Because those are the ones, for me anyway, where I... It's almost impossible for me to ever know anything because they're so big that it's it's like you first get in them and you're like oh my god there's so much to do here you know and um but I it feels really cool like the, yeah and like the mario 64 check out this big new world we're exploring kind of sense mm -hmm. yeah. by the way for chat when i say radar upgrade i mean like a literal upgrade because like it would not be uh, broken for the smaller stages, and then you would get an upgrade later. They would show the three emerald uh, pieces going off, because I see some confusion in chat about that. Mm. I don't mean like the be, whole you could you could broken. honestly just replace the sunglasses entirely with it, probably. And it would be... Yeah, because the sunglasses still are like what the fuck. They're only good for um, <laughs> for the mission fives. They're only like... good for. Uh... For for looking Static. cool, yeah, you know. Um, as far as my my favorite hunting stages go, I I want to say like uh, Dry Lagoon, and I actually really like Security Hall. Um, casually, I think Security Hall is fine. I just don't like how often you have to go up to the top. Yeah, but at least uh, the thing about Aquatic Mine is that it has that, and it's claustrophobic as fuck, and it, it, there's just a lot wrong with that. But in Security Hall, it's like, it's it's pretty open, so it doesn't bother me as much. It's still yeah. annoying, but... And the fact that you can open up any of the safes anyway on Dreamcast is pretty cool. I think yeah. one other thing, too, is the draw distance, and that, mm. like... That kind of does add to the frustration of the bigger stages, um, quite unfortunately. Um, again, I can look past it, but it's it's it is there, and I can I have had moments in Meteor Herd where I'm like, where is it? And if if I could literally just see down there near the bulldozers, I would be able to see where the emerald is, you know. Yeah, but it, I I think uh, it should also. Maybe maybe not be as big, but I think in Dreamcast it, it's a slightly different green, like it's a lighter green. I think that maybe it should be a lighter green and glow up a little bit too, instead of being this, mm. the super dark green that the emerald pieces are in the stages on dark backgrounds. Yeah. I think I'd like it more if, um, uh, even when it, I, I think I would have liked a system 
like an SA1 where there's more than just three colors on your radar, I think I would have appreciated that. Because, mm. um... Yeah. Sometimes it is really annoying where you're in, like, this huge area where it just keeps blinking green, and I'm like, oh, come the fuck on. Like, <laughs> <laughs> can I mean, you just... I don't know. Part of me believes that even that would be enough to, to really kind of subdue this problem with the radar, because if... Especially in places like Death Chamber, if I could literally just know if I'm even in the right room or not, that okay. helps me, you know? So the reason why, also from a gameplay perspective, why I really dislike uh, Death Chamber is because if you go out of bounds, which is really easy to do in that stage, by the way, you <laughs> can see that the rooms are like really like far apart from each other or close to like there's no consistency for where they are you know how you can dig into the walls and they teleport you obviously to another room some of oh, them do yeah. not relate to where the emerald is blinking so it'll like be blinking like green or something and then you dig in and it's like okay there's nothing even remotely close to here sometimes you have to dig into a room and then all of a sudden it starts blinking red even though it wasn't blinking yellow from the room before that you have to dig into that one to even be able to know where that i it was right on your stream today king k like you dug into this room and you had no emerald beeping whatsoever and then you dug into that room and then that's where the emerald piece was yeah that like that, that i feel like that's just broken <laughs> like in that stage because of the fact yeah. that those rooms are like either really close together or really far apart from each other so that's another thing i'll criticize about that one um, SD, what do you think about hunting? I noticed you were a little quiet during this section. Uh, let's see. Sorry. I'd say my favorite hunting stage is... Either Pumpkin Hill or Meteor Herd. Uh, I really like those levels. Uh, I remember when I was playing through the game again, I... I you know, yeah, if I if I had to pick one, I would say it's Pumpkin Hill. I don't know if that's a generic answer or not. I don't really care. <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, whether it be the music or just the visual design of it, I think is really cool. I like the whole Halloween-esque look of it. It's a cool atmosphere, for sure. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm a guy that really, really loves atmosphere. Uh, yeah, so... it, re it really helps that, like, every yeah. treasure hunting level has good music, too. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. so... Especially on your first time. You'll be there for a while. So, better have good music to accompany that. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I gotta give it to Pumpkin Hill. Um, when it comes to least favorite, uh, I, mean, I guess yeah, I would say Mad Space. Uh, I mean, Mad Space is one of those levels where I just, I can't blame anyone for not liking it because it's just. I don't hate it. Yeah. But uh, it's not one I look forward to playing either. It's like okay. I do mad space, I get to, you know, the next shadow level. It feels like a stage I gotta do and not one I want to do, you know? Yeah. That's how I feel about mad space. That's how uh, a lot of people in general feel kind about of a... the other gameplay styles. I, I actually <laughs> don't feel that way about these gameplay styles at all. Yeah, you know, me neither. I'm, I'm just all saying three. that's what, like, the, a lot of people say. And that's, that's like, one thing when it comes into the story modes of this game where, like, you're going back and forth between different uh, gameplay styles that people don't like. But would you oh, rather yes. do that or would you rather, like... And this is play, how we got like, stuck playing a Sonic only for a decade. 
Yeah. <laughs> or would you rather like play all these Knuckles stages uh, back to back to back to back like you do in SA1 or like the big stages back to back to back to back like you do? I think that's a good True. point I never really yeah. considered before, but um, I think it's just a lot more natural to go from style to style rather than playing them all at once. I think that was another problem with SA1 for me is that it's so much more obvious when they're all in their own category that it's like, uh, it, it kind of screws with the pacing a bit, you know? Oh my, the, yeah, no, the pacing of SA2, in my opinion, is a lot better than SA1's. Yeah, and skipping ahead to SA... SA3, no, uh, 06. Yo, Sonic um, 06? Same it's thing. like, I was playing it on stream for, like, one of my celebration streams, and, you know... You start to feel that maybe silver wouldn't feel so bad if it weren't for the fact that you're sitting there. Or if you play for... Project 06. <laughs> yeah. You're sitting there for an eternity playing this gameplay style, and it's like, wow. Whereas I feel like in SA2, like, people are like, oh, well, two-thirds of the game is me playing, you know, these poopy gameplay styles. And, like, yeah, but, like, you're also not... I mean, with exceptions, of course, like, I, I just think Death Chamber is going to take, like, anyone kind of a while on their first try unless they get really lucky. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, it's like this idea that, like, yeah, you play Sonic for a while and then you're just stuck playing these awful gameplay styles. I'm like, I don't really believe it's like that. I think there's a kind of an even spread and flow to it to where, yeah. obviously, I played the game a lot, but... Um, you know, it, it never really feels like I'm exactly losing out a whole lot when I play this. Mm. Cause, just because of how it's paced. Whereas I feel like if I were playing just back shooting levels for a while, eh, you know, maybe I'd get a bit bored. Uh, well, it's a good thing you don't speedrun Dark Story. <laughs> oh. Not anymore. No. Anyway, uh, oh, well, I mean, unless you about, did, I don't know. Someone just brought out saying, I mean, in Unleashed Generations and Forces had more of an SA2 approach where you had to play all play styles to progress, so take a guess in which approach Sonic Team liked more. I, I would suppose that's true. I think Generations kind of like, I mean, I guess, yeah, the Classic and Modern are definitely different gameplay styles. That just like brings me back to like I, I hate how that game like forces you to do like the weird little things in between the stages, but I guess that's another mm. podcast. Oh yeah, yeah. Like the the hunting and and those where it's just like you go through the level and like. Well, it's like, weird because <laughs> like they in SA two there are missions kind of like that in the levels where like you don't have to do any of those. Yeah. I, it, it felt like really jarring in generations when they're like, yeah, just do those. Like, okay, yeah, I'm like, I don't want to have to do right. these at all. <laughs> like, yeah, actually, and that's another point. I think comparatively between SA2 and, like, I like Unleashed and all, but, like, the Werehog, even if it was just, like, the, the gameplay style alone is, like, you feel whatever way you do about it, they it like, like, have you cry. play it. And it goes on for a while, and then on top of that, you have any of the stuff in the hub world, and it's like, well, even if you are okay with the gameplay style, or you enjoy the gameplay style, there just feels like this incredibly weird feeling when you play as Sonic for, like, six minutes at most, and then it's on to this other stuff. And in SA2, I guess you could say it's the same thing, but I, I simply 
just believe that the game is paced in a way to where it is not nearly as jarring. Um, and yeah. I also think the gameplay styles in SA2 are more based off of keeping a flow and momentum than the Werehog is, where it's mm -hmm. like a beat em up and puzzle solving. Yeah. So that. It's a bit more dramatic. I mean, I, I love yeah. Unleashed, but it is. SA2 doesn't strike me as like. You know, people say that the SA2 gameplay styles are like questionable. I don't really think they are. I mean, they're a little weird, but like. They, they kind of fit. Whereas, yeah. you know, I, I would say Unleashed. A little questionable, even if I do love that game, you know. Like, so I think it makes a lot more sense in SA2. I think it fits more naturally than people would say, you know. Yeah. For gameplay styles, it really just comes down to one's tolerance, you know. And when I say tolerance, I mean, you know, how much time would you be willing to put in to actually learn and come to appreciate a gameplay style that is different from what you perceive Sonic to be. Well, and then you have other games, you know, where I guess the whole point is that it's just all in the level design and stuff, but mm. I think that Mario games and Donkey Kong games, um, well, I'm not exactly vouching for DK64, but I know a lot of people like DK64. Um, and I, and, and like, any collectathon, really. These also have areas where you just do something completely different. Um, and 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 Zelda games too. And you, you know, people can like or dislike elements of these, but I it never really feels quite so hard boiled into the conversation as it is with Sonic, where it's like if I stop playing as Sonic and doing the things that I know Sonic does for like even a moment I'm gonna have a breakdown and I just don't feel like that I, I felt like that I, I started to understand the feeling when I played Secret Agent Clank just now and where I was literally doing like an hour of gameplay that I just thought was completely mindless um well if the game I think the thing is if all the styles are fun and fast-paced, then, like, what's really the problem, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like, and, like someone in chat just said, like, I think the fact that SA2 has three core gameplay styles might be what people find jarring, but if all... Like, in my opinion, if all those gameplay styles are good on their own, then there shouldn't really be a problem. I guess it just comes down to preference, but I Not think only are of... they good, but they're also, like, speed-focused. Right. Because, like, I can understand people taking umbrage with, like, the Werehog. Like, that does feel like a step too far to me. Yeah, but I agree. I think that mech and treasure hunting both have elements of momentum and speed-based learning the stage and stuff that's just... It, it's a lot like what you do in the speed stages. So there's, a, there's like, a mechanical theme going on, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Threaded together by the ranking system. So it just kind of works. I guess I equate it to, like, how a collectathon has you... There is a core gameplay style, but there's also plenty of other stuff that you do um, in these games, and it all lends to one core central theme of of doing things in exchange for for rewards and stuff. And obviously, Sonic isn't really slow paced enough to be this thing where you go on an adventure like Ocarina of Time and do various quirky things to get like 
gold Skulltoa tokens or something. But it, I think what it is in SA2's case is is really just a, a lot of these things building into one greater greater whole of of skill and and reward for that. <clears throat> um, but of course. We haven't even talked about the treasure hunting, or not the uh, treasure hunting, the, the mech. mech shooting yet. Right. So, do, does anyone have, have uh, anything else to add about treasure hunting before we get onto mech? Nope. Okay. No. Okay. So, mech is my no. least favorite because. All right. So, hold <laughs> me, spin. <laughs> so, yeah. So, mech is my least favorite. Um, as as I, much I as I would have is... to say that even though I like mech shooting. Um, out of the three, it's probably my least favorite one. Yeah, it's. I think it's the hardest one to really get a grasp on, if like from a speed focus perspective. Um, I, I think that some of the level design, at least for the Eggman stages specifically, just involve you yeah. waiting and waiting and waiting for. So there are long. so many moments in Eggman <laughs> stages where you sit on something and it, it's like an elevator, and I'm like, oh my yeah. god. Lost like, Colony is one where it's like, <laughs> okay, I guess I'll, you know, go take a piss or something while this elevator is going up. Um, you know, obviously the first stage, Iron Gate. Yeah, once you come back to it, you can just skip that whole thing because you have the hover. But you don't in the first playthrough. Um, you don't have it. I, I really think that I love the upgrades in this game and all. I really think the hover is needs to have been an essential, like... I, if it really, really sucks not having the hover, because yeah. like you get like the bounce bracelet's fun, but you don't need it. You know what I mean? The not having the hover is really fucking annoying. Because um, it feels like the entire playstyle is kind of built around it. Some like because you can tell some of the earlier levels are like, yeah, they were built without the hover in mind. But it just it pisses me off in a way that the other upgrades don't. Because not having it is just... Like, you play, like, um... Fucking... Like, I understand that Sand Ocean would be... Like, it wouldn't work the same way with the hover. You know what I mean? Um, but it, it's just... It annoys it's better. me. It's better. Like, it wouldn't work the same way. But honestly, who wants to be waiting around in Sand Ocean? Like, they like you have to. When you, you get to... Okay. When, like Sand Ocean is like an entirely different level to me when I go back to it with the hover. It has new paths that open up with the hover, so that's one thing. But also, Sando, if you, as much as like as a speedrunner, I despise when I get to that stage. If you what get do you mean? like, you love it. yes, I absolutely love it. If you, you get like resetting. first, that stage is on cycles, like platform cycles. If you can successfully like platform 100% correct and get first cycle it's probably the best mech stage that exists <laughs> if if you cannot then it's the worst and if, if you had hover the stage would be broken so it's that's what I'm the, saying is that yeah. I wish that they Design had the not levels around designed it? the game that way you know yeah. what I mean because mm -hmm. I understand why they give you the hover late yeah inter in a future stage but I just hate how not how it feels when you don't have it and i don't feel that way with most other upgrades like yeah it's weird not having the light speed dash but like it's not like or the bounce bracelet or like you know like but it's not like the hover is like one of the only times where i'm like jesus i just want the hover please <laughs> yep. give me the hover 
You know, I've thought about this before. I've thought about the idea that maybe, you know, I like the idea if there was ever a mech return or a remake or whatever, or even if like Omega's play, I don't know. Like, I like the idea of just replacing, making the hover a default ability. And then, honestly, I would just swap the hover upgrade out with like a dash or like because I feel like another problem I think really in my opinion the thing that makes the uh, mech shooting not quite as fun as, as a regular speed level um, you know other than the fact that I'm not doing backflips with snowboards and shit um, <laughs> is the fact that I feel like there eventually begins to feel like there isn't a lot to do with it other than you know you're shooting and, and getting those combos and that's intrinsically satisfying but you you kind of wish that there was like one other thing that the mechs could do to maybe get a better sense of flow give them another ability or something that really makes it feel like the the joy isn't just in in racking up i think there's something to be said about how in terms of evolution sonic and Knuckles, those two gameplay styles, speed and treasure hunting, feel like, you know, they have they don't really feel like they shed too much to become what they are in SA2. Whereas mech shooting, while I, I just straight up prefer it to Gamma overall, you know, mm-hmm. in the final picture, I just prefer how it is in SA2. I do think it's the one gameplay style that shed maybe a little too much and became a little bit too rigid. Okay, like, yeah, that makes sense to me. Where, like, Gamma was, like, I really didn't like Gamma's levels. Um, It's not even, like, necessarily about Gamma's, like, easier to control or whatever. It's more that Gamma felt more like a Sonic character just with a gun. Well, with (laughs) not a Shadow the Hedgehog gun, but, like, a, a blaster or whatever. Like, he felt a little bit more, like, in in SA2, it feels like... It feels a little more like they they scaled it back just a tad too much, you know. Yeah. And also, I have no whoa, that was a weird flash of light there. Um, I have no problems with how the mechs control really much in SA2. But, like, you do have moments like in Mission Street where you you're like walking up that little spiral. And Tails is walking is pretty slow. such a bad part of the level, in my opinion. And mm-hmm. sometimes I'm just thinking, man, this thing can turn into a car. <laughs> I kind of wish I could drive up there. Or there's actually, uh, in the very beginning of a dark story, I love this part so much, where Eggman just comes in. He's like... <laughs> and I'm oh, like, yeah. you know, there's... You kind of part of me wishes that there was just that little bit more to make them a bit more exciting um and i i think that there's i think i still actually like these stages more than the treasure hunting believe it or not but i definitely believe that there's room to improve them still yeah um which is why you know the speed stages the speed stages are definitely my favorite because really the issue there to me is any issue that arises is basically entirely in general lacking you know general jank that just comes with this game or 
the stage itself being like you know final chase where there's things that just aren't really working as as well but it's from fundamentals i just think that they got it with the speed levels and i think there's just a little bit more to be done with the other ones a bit you know i think the mech uh... levels are just very like samey like they're not i think of my favorite levels in sa2 and the the mech stages don't immediately come to my mind there's like i have a lot of fun with cosmic walls gimmick don't exactly have a lot of fun with the sections where you just sit in there but um i've always liked cosmic wall because of how they reverse gravity and stuff but like yep. other than that it's like uh, i don't it's hard for me to be like oh that's definitely my favorite mech stage because it's just kind of like they all feel really similar in how they play and like what you what you do in them that it's like yeah they're fun like they are fun it's just not as like standout i guess yeah for every <laughs> mech stage that i would consider my favorite there's something about it that i don't like um yeah and also for a second i guess we can talk about how in my opinion as i really like the mech stages i mean the mech uh gameplay in this game more than sa1s because of the fact that it's way more based on momentum. Like, Gamma doesn't really change speeds and stuff like that when you go uphill yeah. and you turn into that thing. Also, the hover feels way better in this game because of the fact that it actually reserves your momentum. And when you play yeah, it, it's just way more fun to play stop. with. Yeah. The fact that you can, if you hover really fast off a jump with speed, you go higher is just great. Yeah. Like, it just feels really good. Um, as far as, like, my favorite mech levels in this game, as much as I shit on it, I, st I still think Sand Ocean's probably, like, the best designed one. <laughs> and then, like, for Tails, I would shit on Eternal Engine, too, because of, like, the enemy placement and stuff like that, but I think Eternal uh, Engine yeah. is actually pretty good. Um, Lost Colony is another one of my favorites, except for the stupid elevator that you have to wait a minute on. Like, there's always something in the mech stages that I don't like. <laughs> Cosmic Wall, I, it used to be my favorite, and now it's not because I want to go through it faster and I can't because I have to like wait so long with these like long jumps and stuff. I think it's good mechanically. I just don't prefer it. You can do Swiss cheese and uh... I, I do more than <laughs> yeah. I mean, the the skip that they have now is skips even more of the level and happens faster. Oh, good. So yeah, great. <laughs> I mean, my favorite, I think is. Uh, that's kind of a difficult one. Unfortunately, it's impossible for me to, to parse the level itself from the music and story moments, so I guess I won't bother to, because that's just that's just how I am. Yeah. Uh, because Cosmic Wall means a lot to me, because that is like a real Victory March level for Eggman. Mm, yeah. And I love the music, and I love the gimmick problem with the level though is that it actually i mean i have fun with the levels so i don't really mind this so much but like eventually it's it's kind of long um and that's fine to me i i'm okay with even like a lot of heroes levels but when you get to this end of the stage if, if you find out that you don't get an a rank after all that you're like oh yeah uh, you know, um, so it doesn't they... help that a lot of that time is just sitting on a platform and shooting. 
and it's it can get really grating with repeat playthroughs. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I, yeah, I we, wish the stage focused really more on the, into, um, the gravity stuff. No. Uh, yeah, I was gonna say like with the mech stages specifically, I don't think we've even really gone into what the incentive is to shooting more enemies and getting bigger combos, yeah. which is obviously the ranking system. Mm -hmm. um, though, I mean, I don't think it's, I don't think it's mash equals bad. I think it's probably the weakest, yeah, rank wise <laughs> too, because like it's fun. It does. I think it makes the gameplay style better to mm -hmm. like. You have to rack up the combos without getting hit, without getting hit for as long as you can without the laser running out, and that is fun, and it does require you to learn where the enemies are and like what what's going on. But I don't think there's as much of a like satisfaction as there is with treasure hunting A ranking or speed A ranking. Yeah, it's not quite instant gratification. Really, much past seeing the little perfect slide in on the left side of the yeah. screen you know yeah and you don't yeah. know for sure like how many you're going to need if you, like like you were saying uh, if you get through all of cosmic wall which takes a long time and you don't get an a rank then you're like really i have to play through all of that again for for someone who like mm -hmm. is just like okay with the gameplay style it, it's not as much of an incentive there <laughs> mm -hmm. and Honestly, when I really think about it, I think a lot of what makes those mech stages cool to me is that, like, when I actually think about it, I'm like, hmm, well, is Cosmic Wall my favorite? Well, no, because I kind of like Prison Lane, and I kind of like Eternal Engine with the with the gravity holes. I just don't like the bullshit enemy placement here and yeah. there. Um, But then... Even Mission Street, I as much as I hate it now, um, <laughs> uh, I actually really like it because it's it's a fun. Level I mean, where... Mission Street, Jeb, is pretty free. I don't know what you're it's talking about. Free real estate. <laughs> oh, it's about it is a, it's about as free as sub two. Um... Oh, <laughs> sub two hidden base. Yeah, sub two <laughs> hidden base. Yeah, but like. I like the level and the set piece and I like all the military bombardment and the wanted posters of Tails and it's just a really and I, I like the music piece the music piece is a fan he's favorite. wanted for so much money yeah yeah but so many zeros technically when you really think about it a lot of mech stages are kind of just you know the same thing and you like you think about Sonic and Knuckles and how technically when you look at their stages, you, you're kind of doing the things you want to be doing as these characters. Whereas with the mechs, I feel like there's like, there aren't set pieces enough that actually make you feel like you're doing all that you could be as the character within reason of limitations at the time with, with the console, you know? Yeah. I don't yeah, know. Some, maybe something a little bit closer to what they show, like in the cutscenes and everything like that. Just like a closer fusion, mm -hmm. give you a little bit more ability. Would have been I cool. think the best way for me to put it is that mech shooting feels like the thing that would need the most work if they were to make an SA3, you know? Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Which I wish they did, but I don't think that's ever happening. But I don't um, wish they did right they now. They already did. Well, in, in my opinion, 06 had the right idea, and it made the characters feel pretty a bit closer to Sonic 
in terms of general objective and um and kind of rules but then they just made it you know they just kind of borked it where a lot of characters aren't fun to play but i think that things from the mech shooting can apply to like omega um or eggman if he got playable again and things the treasure hunting these are all lessons that they can take and then make something new with it and it's kind of like i don't really i i can't really hold it much against sa2 because uh I, for one thing, I don't think these are, like, awful to play. And for another thing, I, I just... Yeah. It's it's not a doomed concept to me. It really isn't. Yeah. I, I agree, but I also think that if they wanted to actually expand upon the gameplay styles, then I don't think they could really do it how they do in 06, where you kind of, like, quickly go to Knuckles and, like, have this yeah. objective. Or, like, you quickly go to Omega for, like, this little section in the whatever the sand level is, I don't remember. Um, no, I, I prefer if 06, honestly, just kept it to Sonic, Shadow, and Silver, because the, oh, they're, see. you know... The way I think it's... at that point, there's enough, like, variants that it's fine to, like, drop the other characters at that point, because I think mm. the problem with other Sonic games is that it's just Sonic. Yeah. But with 06, it was at least, like... I think that's why I really have reverence for these older games, where, like, you could play as more than just Sonic. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So, I guess, do we have anything else to add about the, the mech gameplay in stages, or...? Mm, no, I mean... I mean, I feel like I trashed on it the entire time, but I do <laughs> still think they're fun. Like, I love the game. I wouldn't, like... It's just they're the weakest. They probably need the most work, and the levels kind of blend together. But I do have fun getting A ranks, you know, just as the same as the other ones. So, I do like how arcadey they almost feel in their yeah. nature. Yeah, that it's a is a game that I've always liked. Cool. So uh, I guess if there's nothing else to add to Mech, then I guess we I have cart written down here but i don't re- I, <laughs> I mean like i feel you like we don't Mario really kart. need to address yeah. the carts because they're like they're just not the greatest i don't really know why they're in the game me neither it's, it's, it's cool for multiplayer it's, i guess it's but... there it's harmless it can i actually fun. think it's really cool that everybody gets their own cart in multiplayer yeah. but uh yeah yeah. I, uh, I mean, I wish really, it was, it's like, harmless. expanded That's upon it. a little bit more, honestly, like, in the multiplayer, and if they just, like, randomly kept it to that, then that would have been cool. Um, like, I know in the Dreamcast there's a bunch of DLC stages and, like, uh, other carts you can drive and stuff, which is neat. But those It just doesn't cars. really have much of a place in the main game. Yeah, for sure. It's kind of weird. Mm-hmm. Especially yeah, being I... that, you know, Tails has a plane. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that too. That's also like really weird that he's like, yeah, I'm going to drive my car. When you play as Rouge, what's Tails doing? Yeah, when you play as Rouge, he's flying. He's flying like... his plane. <laughs> it's probably the most obvious, like, oh, f- like, we got to get Tails in this game. And then, well, I guess we're going to also get Rouge in this game. Well, uh, well we don't, yeah. we can't make like a whole another level for these guys. I know. I know we're doing that whole multiplayer thing, so okay, we're gonna make, <laughs> you know, we're gonna make the cart levels, and you know, kids like Mario Kart, 
And then... I was gonna say, yo, y'all ever played Mario Kart? Maybe, uh... <laughs> Tails can chase down the president's limo, whereas normally you would just, Sonic would just run up to the limo. We could just skip this whole thing, but yeah, which he does, anyway. which he does. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, that's that's kind of interesting. And can't Tails run faster than a, whatever? <laughs> <laughs> like yeah. this, this was back in the series where Tails was able to keep up with Sonic, so. That's the whole stipulation behind their partnership. You know. <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah, I feel like they were kind of unnecessary for the story, for sure. I don't think it should have been required, but it's cool for two-player, and it could have been expanded on a little bit more. A little bit more mm-hmm. stuff added in the ports. That's They're... pretty much just sums up what I think about the kart racing. Maybe even if you got more power-ups than just a speed boost, that would have been cool. They're like, the, the, the sky chase of this game. My, it's... I, oh uh, yeah, I hate those things. Oh uh, yeah, I'm not a fan <laughs> of Sky Chase either. I'm just gonna go up in the corner and just stay there because that's what you can do in Sonic Adventure. You don't have to interact. Sky Chase, it's like, it's only better than Sky Chase on the merit that I can send vans that I know are full of kids flying off the road. <laughs> <laughs> God, you're making I'm me so think sorry. about those other missions where don't hit the cars, don't hit the walls. Oh God! <laughs> like oh, I yeah, have to shoot this tough. like I do in real life. <laughs> well, what's the point then? What's the point of a game? I will <laughs> say that the the carts are more fun when I'm speedrunning because you have to you you have to like do the drifting the entire time and like yeah. save your boosts. But I mean, everything's kind of made more fun with speedrunning, so it's like, whatever. Especially this game, I feel like, lends itself so well to that. Because it's just that you get better at everything if you play it more and you know everything more. But taken to the absolute extreme, where it has its really yeah. high highs. That's what I really like about uh, speedrunning this game. But um, the last thing I have for the gameplay section before we go on intermission is um, favorite music. Oh, don't ask that. Oh, Jesus Christ. Uh, <laughs> yes. My favorite mute. Yes. <laughs> yes. So, I, as far so as... I, I think we should we should probably do, like, um, maybe, like, top for, like, each character, maybe. Or maybe some honorable mentions, too. But like, I think, like, if you get, like, a favorite for each character. Not, like, because each character has their own, like, style of music, you know? So I think it'd yeah. be cool if we, like, Rock, discuss some of techno. our... A couple of our favorites from each character or something. Okay, sure. Maybe. Um, so I'll start, and I'll say for Sonic, can we only say one? Or should we? No, you can, can do like a couple. I, I don't the... want to be limiting. I, that was yeah. just an idea, you know? Uh-huh. It's really hard not to say City Escape, right? Like, Escape from the City is Man. so memorable. Everyone knows it. It's a great song. Um, another one, though... Uh... Damn, between like Green Forest, Green Forest. I was gonna really say good. you you want to say Green Forest and you know it. Yeah, no, Green Forest music <laughs> is really really good. Um, iconic. Yeah, iconic. <laughs> Final Rush is good too. Uh, oh, let's do. Let's say each person will say their like Sonic one, and then each person will say their Tails one because I don't want to like sit here and go through all of them before someone else gets a chance to talk. So. Someone else can go with their Sonic stuff. Uh, I think. Well, I guess. Uh, I mean, you know, you know what? I I did compliment Green Forest track before, and uh, yeah, I, I'm gonna go with Green Forest again. Stick with it. Stick with your guns. I, I'm gonna stick with my guns. You know, that's that's what I do. I, and I guns. like it. 
I like it purely not just because like it's a good track on its own, but because of the urgency behind it in the story's context and stuff like yeah. that. I really mm -hmm. liked. There's so, yeah. no way that I can pick anything except City Escape. <laughs> so. All right, I I have a question. Can I pick mm -hmm. the character theme? Because I feel sure. like that should count. That sure. should yeah. count. Go for it. Well, yeah. hmm. City Escape, or it doesn't matter, or Green oh. Forest, or Metal oh. Harbor. I don't oh. know. <laughs> yeah. Probably. Um. I think I'd pick. I just I love SA two. It doesn't matter. I yep. think it fits more for the character. I think it is just the coolest anthem when Sonic pops in on screen and it just starts playing and uh, like well, anytime like when it played in Black Knight for a bit it's just it's just oh nice. yeah 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 yep. um okay yeah I, I mean as far as character themes goes yeah Sonic Sonic I, I think I like his a lot more in SA2 than SA1 it's just like I a think lot I would more say fast that's pace. better than the stage themes, yeah. Yeah, I I used to be the opposite, and I liked the SA one uh, version more, and then I uh, changed my mind. <laughs> um, as far as tales go, I really like uh, Mission Street, and also Eternal Engine. I want to say are my my two favorite tales stages. Mm. I also forgot to say, like Pyramid Cave is a sleeper pick for Sonic. The guitar in that stage sounds so good. Oh yeah, about that one. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> so I think Tails for me. Uh, I think I'm gonna go with Prison Lane. Prison Lane's pretty good. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I, like I'm not the biggest techno guy, but something about Prison Lane just sounds kind of nice on the ears to me. I, I do like Eternal uh, Engine as well. But I think I'm gonna go with Prison Lane. I think Prison Lane's also my favorite, honestly. I like Prison Lane and Eternal Engine the most, but yeah, I always really liked Prison Lane as a track. It's really good. This is something I debated about pretty heavily for my SA2 video because I tried to pick one track for each character if it's like my favorite one. Although I opted to pick Metal Harbor for Sonic just because it's cheating to do City Escape. Um, <laughs> and I already did it earlier in the video. But uh, for Tails, it's a forever a struggle in my mind to pick between Prison Lane or Eternal Engine. They both have just such a punchy feeling to them. Yep. Uh, like you're going on a mission. And it's just... I think nowadays I might prefer Prison Lane just because it's immediately what pops into my head. And I like how you mentioned that because it, it also fits the theme of why Tails was there in the first place. Yeah, mm -hmm. He's on a mission to break Sonic out. And it's, it really feels funny. like <laughs> Tails' music, I've always just interpreted it as it feels like Sonic music. It feels like his, his older brother, you know, but with his own little little vibe to it. And that's this, this but sort it feels of... more like uh, downbeat rock as opposed to like because uh, there there are songs like Mission Street and um, Hidden Base which are like rock but they're like a bit more like 
I don't know how to even describe. I mean, they it, have. Like, would you them describe as well. it as happy? <laughs> yeah, they they're like a a bit more playful, a bit less intense, you know, like yeah. So I think it fits pretty well. Yep. Um, as far as knuckles goes, I want to say uh, meteor. I think knuckles is the hardest one for me. A man's knucks. <laughs> Because there's it's, so many good ones. Between, I don't yeah, know. Knuckles is really hard. Between Pumpkin Hill and uh, Meteor Herd, it's pretty hard for me to pick. Uh, it, yeah. Hmm. It's a hard choice, but I'm going to say Meteor Herd. I think I had to go with Pumpkin Hill, personally. I feel like yeah. Meteor Herd is the one I like the most. Meteor Herd is i think there's no other way like me like the level it's is so enhanced by just this feeling of exploring and i as if i'm exploring space and i have my my walkman on listening to this vibing music i think that's just it's it's anytime i think of sa2 it's actually one of the one of the themes i think about mm. it's like I really if, like the if, vibe of it. Honestly, if somebody asked me, hey, Jeb, can you describe to me why you like this poo-poo game? I'm just going to pass them that. <laughs> and then it'll, it should work. I, yeah. But they're all, I really like all of them. It's a tough one. Yeah, it's not really a Knuckles track I think I dislike at all. <laughs> Um, as far as Shadow goes, it's, I want to say Final Chase for me. If we're including uh, character what... themes, then Throw It All Away is immediately my choice. Oh yeah, if you're doing character themes. Then, yeah. If not, if it's stage, probably Radical Highway. I love Radical Highway. I like, actually... I love all the Shadow Stage music. So it's really Radical fun. Highway and Throw It All Away are like. All right, so you know how I said yeah, yeah. Uh, Green Forest, <laughs> White Jungle. <laughs> yeah, hell yeah, <laughs> I love White Jungle. White Jungle is also really good. Mine, yeah. mine would be White Jungle. For Can I really like? I I don't know. This is tough. Can I count supporting me? We'll get into uh, we'll get into that we'll get into that after the character stuff because actually oh. my favorite music in this game has nothing to do with the well a, a lot of them my actually favorite ones aren't in the stages or the character themes so mm -hmm. okay <laughs> yeah, then we're if we're music. we're not counting if we're counting just the character theme in the stages I think that throw it all away is actually really grown on me I used to not like it that much but it's it's uh, I think I'm just gonna have to say uh, white jungle. Like, White Jungle is probably close. It is actually pretty much on equal footing with Green Forest. It is. It's good. When I when it was in forces, I clapped. Let's just say. Oh yeah, it's a really good remix. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say as much as I don't like forces. When I heard that they were bringing that song into it, I was. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> You've got my attention now. <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think the reason I picked Radical Highway is that, like, every time they've remixed um, White Jungle, I've just preferred it to the original. Because <laughs> it's really good, but, um, I don't know. I, I, Radical Highway has always been, like, 
I just really like the guitar in Radical Highway and the it's like sick. synth beats they put in. It just sounds so fucking cool. It that is like the, I think the reason I pick it too is that that's like the quintessential Shadow like he's like edgier version of Sonic but still ultimately Sonic, you know what I mean? He's like Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It just fits really well. Yeah, I mean if they were trying to like uh paint that picture which they were with the um the genres they were that they were giving each character i think every stage does that except for skyrail because skyrail is just it skyrail was clearly meant to yeah. be a sonic level from yeah. the music can i just say the name for skyrail mr unsmiley has always made me laugh it's really I funny <laughs> i like it <laughs> <laughs> mr unsmiley that's so weird um, as far as um, that stage goes, I really like its composition too. I like how it has like the dun, 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 like in <laughs> it, which is really cool. It's a little another. I don't even know if Junsunoi did it on purpose in that scenario, but there are so many like examples of light motif in this soundtrack that lead up to Live and Learn, um, and that just being one of them is something that I think is really cool. Um, as far as Eggman goes, I. I uh, I want to say Cosmic Wall, probably. <laughs> Actually, wait, 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 no, character theme, character theme. Yeah, yeah. what am I probably, saying? Yeah, yeah. character theme's <laughs> gotta take the cake. Here, I yes. gotta go with Eggman's character theme, too. <laughs> <Yeah>. Unanimous. <laughs> yeah. Kinda have to go with you on that one. But I think, actually, Eggman generally has, like, a lot of my favorite music in the game. I really, really like the style of music Eggman goes for, yes. Okay, that's one I haven't yeah. heard before. <laughs> like, well, I what? guess I yeah. can't really say that because I'm saying it about Knuckles and I'm saying it about Sonic too and Tails. So really, mm. <laughs> but, uh, dude, I really like Sand Ocean and I really like Cosmic Wall and actually all of them really. Dude, every time I hear this, the music of Sand Ocean boot up, when I get to it in the speed run, I. <laughs> Just, Eggman is, feels like more like grungy. Mm-hmm. Really like yeah. that, like it's. I mean, yeah, a lot of people can boil it down to like, oh, it's just butt rock or whatever. But I really feel like there's enough variance between the characters that you can tell that there's a difference that they it fits them, it makes yeah. it feel distinct. Yeah, there's good. Junsunoi likes to put guitar in like almost all these songs, but that doesn't mean that the genres are different. I mean that there aren't different genres. Also, Junsunoi isn't the only composer on this uh, soundtrack. There are like four main ones, and they each mm-hmm. like cover a different gameplay style. Um, like there's a completely different composer for Rouge's um, s- stages, for example. Like a lot, of, I I I hear a lot in the criticism for this game is like all the music sounds the same. I'm like, what are you talking about? I, I never really I think a lot that. of rock music sounding the same is like Mega Man X8 where I literally barely remember anything from it even if I played it twice but like yeah. I think there's enough variance within the actual music itself that if it's the same genre it doesn't matter like I can't it's the same thing for Shadow and Heroes where these games are mostly rock yep but yeah. I know all the music like there's a jazz music there's hip-hop music as well that like those uh, are those not varied enough for you i don't know well there's a lot of variants in the rock like that too sonic's yeah. more like straightforward rock shadows more like 
Shadow and Eggman really are more grungy, but Shadow is more synths and like... Yeah. It's a, um, I, I think there's enough variance that each character stands out. And that's why I've always liked it as one of my favorite soundtracks in the franchise, because there's some, like, I really like that. Um, there's such character to it. And ironically, I mean, I guess Unleashed and Generations technically did it, but those are different forms of Sonic. And then Forces kind of is what this game is doing too, where the Avatar has their music and Sonic has his. And, and it's kind of, it's really unique and I've not really seen another game do it, you know, quite like SA2. Um, yeah. I, like not even just Sonic, I mean like just generally speaking. Yeah. By the way, for talking about favorite Rouge music i want to say this because it's just hilarious my favorite rouge track is called 34 degrees and 12 degrees <laughs> oh e. my God. yeah mad space that's my favorite track but dear lord why is it called that does I that don't know how to mean say that. anything i don't like, know <laughs> i'm not sure what my favorite rouge track is i mad space sucks but uh that track <laughs> is fire i love mad space it's so hard for me to pick Rouge. I think everything except for Egg Quarters is my favorite. I like Do them I... all the same. Mm -hmm. And Egg Quarters is not that much like lower on the tier list for me. Security Hall is also good. I think Rouge's tracks are just all like kind of good for me. So I don't know. It is I love hard. them. Do I pick Fly in the Freedom or Egg Quarters? I don't. I think I'll pick Egg Quarters. <laughs> I actually like Egg Quarters a lot. Me too. It's good. What about US? I love Mad Space though. I'm like, really not sure what my so favorite good. Rouge level would be. <laughs> my favorite. I'm sorry. My favorite song from a Rouge level. I'm gonna have to go undecided. I I honestly can't pick. It's hard to say. Um. All right, so just in general, favorite track is "Live and Learn." It's one of it's. I think it's no, in yeah, my yeah. opinion. "Live yeah, and I Learn" think. is like yeah. it transcends the boundaries of reality. I don't want to be <laughs> dramatic, but like "Live and Learn" is one of my favorite songs ever created. So yeah, same, big same. Um, I think like it, just its composition in general is so 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 good. Um, how the the guitar. Uh, meshes with the vocals the fills like, like everything kind of like okay this is like one thing about uh johnny go uh what's his name goelli goelli i don't goelli goelli yeah how you pronounce the last name but... but i know he wrote his own lyrics for for this song and like um open Did your he? heart yeah hmm. so that that makes a big difference it's just uh, i don't know the composition of this song along with how the game builds it up from the moment you boot it up to all the way throughout the game and its cutscenes in supporting me in the core um i don't i don't know what else there is to say about the song it's just a really damn good song um it, it has <laughs> an instantly recognizable hook yeah it has like it has this epic quality to it and yeah, maybe it only has it because of where it plays in the game, but like also that that is that's part of the song is where it plays, you know. Just and like how the, the stage themes incorporate into the stages and like 
your favorite stage could be because of the music. It's like all connected, you know? The fact that mm -hmm. this plays in the final... Like I was saying on a stream earlier, like Sonic has never, ever topped its ending moment the way the SA2 did. It like mm -hmm. peaked there in terms of ending. Like I, I don't... It's just... And it, Live and Learn is part of the reason why it peaked. It's, it's just so fucking yeah. good. The game keeps giving you like smaller versions of it and 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 the lame motif and, and stuff and you know when you're if you're playing battle you know you you watch the intro where sonic and shatter cross in front of the moon and it's it's saying live and learn in the background and it's yeah. like constantly this is here and then when you get to the final boss it's like you know it um I just, I, mean, I think there's such a clear reason yeah. why this is immediately recognizable, and this is easily the most like iconic vocal track in the, in, possibly one of the most iconic tracks in the series ever. Um, yeah, like even Escape from the City, live and learn. Like it has this little <laughs> thing that it that it shows in there. Supporting me actually has the main riff of live and learn in it. I don't know if, mm -hmm. yeah. So there's that. Um, not only is it like such a good composition but just the way obviously the game builds it up to be this epic also the lyrics aren't like the lyrics are actually like really good and like, i don't i i can't say that for all the sonic main themes i think live and learn's <laughs> lyrics are actually good so <laughs> there's also the character uh recap theme and then that kicks into live and learn and it literally is just i mean plenty of sonic games have done it like this and for good reason they're following this game's example <laughs> yeah mm -hmm. you know i just don't think it's been uh, executed as well as in this game mm-hmm um so yeah i mean other than live and learn i think supporting me and some of the like the event tracks and the character recap song that you actually just brought up is one of my favorites as well in the game so Oh, I think supporting me is story. definitely my second favorite one. Oh shit, yeah, for a true story. That's another right. One. Yeah, that's yeah. a really good one. Um, do we have anything to add on music before we take an intermission? Nothing that I can do on stream. Hmm. <laughs> 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 okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we'll take our intermission now. Uh, if you gotta go to the bathroom, grab a drink, stretch, everyone can do that now, and we will be back. Oh, hang on, uh, before we start, I was gonna say... So? Uh, oh. I got oh, to... Wait, ST, are you dipping out? Yeah, I gotta go cook dinner. It be that time. Okay. So, I'm not gonna leave the call just for the sake of the layout, so I won't mess up. But... Okay. It for some reason messed up anyway it, to picture oh. me on it, but I mean. Oh well, then I guess maybe I'll just go then. Nah. Yeah. Uh, you you're... probably shouldn't leave or yeah. it'll fuck up even it'll though. Make yeah, it all yeah, right. bad. So, yeah. yeah, it'll like. I'll just yeah, just. I probably won't be back for the rest, but yeah, I gotta cook dinner and then I just eat dinner and all that. Yeah, so. All right. Uh, unfortunately, I gotta go. Thanks for having me. That's all good. Bye. Take right. care, St. Thanks for coming on. Yep. No problem. <sighs> okay, so after intermission, I wanted to go through uh, story. Mm. Well, just so, so everybody knows, I'm eating pizza. Might be a little distracting, but. 
Very nice. I hope it's not Sorry. distracting that I drink the Mako energy. <laughs> Just don't go insane. Like Roche. <laughs> Um, okay, so I guess how I have it here is we'll go through each story, but if we want, we can, like, go over the story as a whole. Kind of depends. It's good. Like, you could tackle it in a few yeah. different ways. It's interesting. Oh. What's the best way to tackle Sonic Adventure 2 story discussion? It's kind of a... Uh, I don't know. I know yeah. the best way. What's you... the best way? Talk about how someone has low standards and obviously has no regard for art form if they enjoy this story. Mm. Yeah. So on that, you know, <laughs> I was I was saying something that can lead into this pretty well is that I was saying on my stream during the last story um, that a lot of the reason that I say SA2 has my favorite story in a Sonic game has less to do. It doesn't have as much to do with the specifics of the story as much as it does the structure, the dialogue, and, like, the pacing. Because I was in the last story, and I was telling my chat, I'm like, you know, it's not necessarily... People get the wrong impression when I say that I love sa 2 story. It's not necessarily that I like the idea that the military came and, like, killed this girl. Like... <laughs> You know what I mean? And then Gerald Robotnik has this big, like, revenge conspiracy thing after his death. That's not necessarily the stuff that I'm pointing to. And people sort of get the wrong assumption where I'm like, oh, I, I need that stuff in my Sonic game. I, I think just... that's how we end up with, like, try-hard edgy stuff where people get the wrong impression. You know what I mean? Like, it's kind of like, I like it for more in, in terms of, like, the characters feel right. The dialogue is good. The story structured well. It has good pacing. You know. It also has it, stakes, and the characters actually give a shit about what's going yeah. on in the story. It's not necessarily that I I want everything and everything in this game is like what I would ideally want out of Sonic. You know, it's more broad than that, I guess. Yeah. I mean, people always say like, "Oh well, it's it's edgy. It's it's too dark for Sonic." And I one, I don't think that's true. But two. It's it's not as if like the reason I like SA 2s story is like oh I, oh I need the darkness I need the slaughter <laughs> of of the people in the arc <laughs> right it's right. it's like uh, there's there's so much that I find captivating about it but that well the reason why I have a long video about it is because that there's nothing that is all there is to it really it just it I think it tells an engaging narrative and it really brings out the best in the characters that we've grown with all this time. Um, and I, I think stakes have really, well, technically they've been higher in 06 and probably unleashed, but at this point in time, it's like, wow. This yeah. is a pretty, pretty intense evolution of the series. Because uh, you know? yeah, at the general... end of the day, if even if you discount all the like Gerald Robotnik stuff, military involvement, at the end of the day, the end of the game is you trying to stop this big lizard from crashing into the earth, you know, like... Mm -hmm. it, that's what I care about at the end of the day, is that, that the characters have to come together against this big thing, you know? Mm -hmm. It's just really epic. You see all of their relationships grow as the, the story goes on. 
Um, yeah. But yeah, one thing, I mean, I know the lore, I, I believe, was oh, like how the game builds, um, like the evolution, I guess, of the stakes. The evolution in story and the characters and the lore really is at its peak in SA2. Everything builds up on each other from Sonic mm -hmm. 1 to, I mean, Sonic Heroes does too, but it wasn't its main goal. Shadow of the Hedgehog goes a little bit too far, and 06 is supposed to be a reboot, even though you get more out of it without without it necessarily being a reboot, in my opinion. Um, SA2 was kind of like the peak of the, the lore and the stories building up themselves, or building upon themselves, in my opinion. Well, yeah, you could feasibly connect them all. Yeah. But mm -hmm. I think that's why after SA2 it became, it became much harder to keep connecting them, because mm -hmm. I don't know, it just kind of became a bit aimless after that point like you could still feasibly put them all in the same universe it's just a bit less like you go from one to sa2 and you can kind of bridge them all together yeah heroes Even though other people say you can't because there's humans or something like that but i don't really like the humans but i don't think you can't <laughs> i think you can still like go from a to b without much issue it's just i don't really like them mm -hmm. um but it's still it doesn't it's not like it doesn't make sense to me like it, it's feasible that they were off in their own little corner of the world in the classics you know given the fact that the classics take place on remote islands yeah yeah, yeah I, I don't uh, yeah that's i've never really minded the humans and yeah. i just don't i'm not super fond of like even in Unleashed, when they're stylized, it's just still a little jarring to me. It's not the end of the world. It's just kind of weird. Yeah, I mean, when I look at the comics and stuff like that, like, I, I like the characters in that, and how they're kind of, like, all animals as well. But I, I don't know. I guess, do I really have a preference between the two? I'm not sure. It's one of those things I have a preference, but I don't really care if the story's good. Yeah. I mean, SA2 is my favorite Sonic story. And yeah. it has humans in it, so it really it doesn't matter that much to me. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't really care that much. Yeah. I kind of like the idea of, like, uh, like, for example, if they remade the game, kind of having some people in the crowd be these uh, Mobian, you know, Anthra characters and some of them being human that are more stylized that, that kind of fit well. I think if it were just more of a consistent... Yeah, I think the problem there. I've always had with it is that it makes Sonic and his friends stand out too much. Yeah, um, when they're not supposed to be, like, from a... Yep. Or at least not by the game's definition. Not supposed to be from, like, a distant land or whatever. Yeah, like, maybe like... mixing them in a little bit more, like you said. I think what people, like, will usually say about the humans, if they like them, is that it makes them feel like it's more their world that's at stake. I've heard that said. <laughs> but yeah I, I i don't mind either way i think like mixing like mobian or whatever uh characters in would probably be nice i agree with that um but um then you have you know in forces they just only do the the mobian characters and and idw and it's like uh then you kind of wonder where eggman comes from if you you know truly want to stick with that so i don't know yeah, because in like yeah. in the classics, you like it wasn't necessarily like I don't know if they pointed towards other humans being in there, but it was a, it was like up 
for a debate like it was a mystery like you didn't really know whereas in forces and stuff like that it's just like the one human which is kind of strange mm -hmm. i guess it's like i don't really <clears throat> i don't personally mind the approach of like yeah i guess it's like when forces did the thing that where it's like all animal stuff i think mm -hmm. i don't have too much of a problem with that personally I, I guess it's just one of those things that i don't really care enough to like want one over the other it's more like if the characters in it are good then i really don't care if there's humans or if there's animals it's just i guess my preference is without human involvement because it's just a bit i think it's more so that they're all humans so i guess what jeb would have suggested would be my preferred way forward well i i think really the only problem so to speak is just acting like they never existed and making two worlds you know that kind of stuff yeah oh yeah it's just really unnecessary that, that yeah it wasn't like there's one world where humans are in it and one where there's just animals yeah something. even though that literally makes no sense going by information in the games themselves but it's it's kind of you know i guess in an ideal world you would just go back in time and make a quick fix to sa1 and 2 and just have have more of a unity so it's less jarring to people uh but you know yeah i i, agree. I got once this comment on my sa2 video talking about how this game's story is meaningless. It obviously was trying to go with edgy trends at the time, and I was like, can you please describe to me what that is? Because I hear people say that, and it, it sounds like something they heard from someone else, let's say. <laughs> well, it's really just like... An that's why I said what I said in my stream, because, like, people like that usually are like, it's because there, there's a military... That chase Sonic around, like, it, it's it's super like surface level story stuff that like, but that's not that's why why I always am like that's not what I'm talking about because that's not how I view stories. It's like because the military is involved. Oh yeah, that's why I love Sonic Adventure too because the military is <laughs> chasing Sonic. Yeah, like, I, that's not why I like it, and you and... know that's not why I like it. You know that's not why I like this <laughs> fucking story. <laughs> this person's response to me was like, "Well, there's Shadow who speaks for himself." I'm like, "Okay, let's." let's Does let's he just... speak for himself? <laughs> like, just I think the fans the are, or the fans are speaking for him right now. Yeah. Then he's like, "There's humans." I'm like, "Whoa!" I, I guess <laughs> Final Fantasy IV is a very edgy game. I don't know what to tell you. Like, it was then... just following trends of the time. It had humans in it. It's like hot topic humans. I'm like, yeah, let's take the the president who's sitting there in the limo to hot topic. No, I don't know what this is. Like, this is like not. Well, I think if it's you... just willfully not engaging with what we're actually talking about because yeah, that's stuff in the story that's more or less superfluous. Like the the like background characters involved, what they look like. It's just kind of like whatever. Can you tell me? Is, you... is that the story? It's is that what's going on in the story? Does that like? It just I don't get it. Can you tell me what exactly is wrong with the government existing in the world and 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 doing these things? You know, I and they they can't other than just saying, well, 
I, it does it's not sonic i'm like well i i don't okay i don't know what that is but yeah on top of that like you know let's talk about the story at hand and what they're actually doing with it i i think one time somebody told me it's like this like it's this rebellious anti-authority story that only appeals to kids and it's, it's not actually a story and i'm just like oh well, first of all, Sonic is kind of inherently anti. Yeah, that's that's like the, that's like what. <laughs> that's Sonic not really is. a new thing. I don't know what the well, hell that's also supposed to mean. That's also not the main like theme of the story of Sonic Adventure Two. It's like it's like two counteracting forces between like hero and dark, or like artificiality and being natural and stuff I guess like that. Persona <laughs> games don't have stories either. <laughs> you know, like, I don't know what this is, and I feel like there's just all kinds of rules that people made up for for how Sonic Adventure 2 can be actually, you know, even remotely taken <laughs> as a story, and I... I... When well, it, it video kind of is talking... People inch into the realm of, like... Well, because all this dark stuff and like the the humans and the military, uh, that's that's why it shouldn't be uh, serious, you know. And then because they they oh my God, I'm sick. Of they that take shit. the ball and they, they they like, what's the phrase? They like, you give them a inch and they what they is take it? a mile. They take a they, mile. Yeah, they they're like, yeah, well, that's why uh, the characters shouldn't take themselves so seriously because of that. You know, it should be like happy fun and it's like. But Sonic is jumping out <laughs> of a helicopter. He's full of one-liners, but he's also taking things quite seriously. Uh, and something I talk about in my video, which is literally like the... What I think is the main appeal of the story is how these two forces interact with each other. Especially when two of the characters, two of these main six characters are brand new ones. Um, I think they really made something very interesting out of pre-established characters in Link to these new ones. Um, yeah. And I think it's literally, like, all, all of them. Sonic, Tails, Knuckles, and Eggman. Uh, all these recurring characters. Just not Amy, really, um, in my I opinion. I feel bad for Amy in this game. But she does have <laughs> some important moments. But most of, like, the scenes that she that she's in doesn't really, like build up her character after like, the only good moment with amy is when she talks to shadow and that's like yeah that, that really is it in this game i mean she goes to prison island to break out sonic that's courageous but then she's like oh yeah i mean tails is by work, though let's be honest yeah. and um it's it's jarring because i think all the other characters that are returning this is literally their best appearance um because I just think they're all challenged in some way, and they all have, like, a lot of really memorable lines and interactions, and it just... It creates character dynamics that you would literally, like, forever see with the series, you know, for a while, and it's, like... And it's, it's kind of frustrating to me that to see a lot of those either kind of delude... Or, or just cease to exist entirely because there used to be this really interesting aspect of like respect between Eggman and Shadow following this game even if it wasn't quite the same mm -hmm. you know and it's like Eggman particularly is just like this is the the balance between his most serious moments and also him just kind of acting like a bit of a goober 
Yeah. And it, it's it forever set the standard, really, for what the characters are meant to be. And then I played the classic games, and I played Adventure, and it, it pretty much just felt like more of that stuff, just we weren't at this point yet. Yeah. Where Eggman's finally launching Sonic out the window, you know. <laughs> um, Eggman is so good in this game. I really, I mean, all the characters really, except for Amy, like we said. Well, this but... is like, if you took these same events and characters, um, and dialogue, and you just, you just like, you know, you put it in a different setting. Does it really fucking matter? Like, mm -hmm. <laughs> the, the story, the, the thing that, the reason you know that it works is because it wouldn't fucking matter. It's because the characters. it's just such a solid set of events with really good characters that like you want to root for, you know. And yeah. if it were the a cool movie, Hero Dark, yeah, yeah. It's I, just uh, I don't know. I know we. I said think there's it something earlier. really cool about the like contrast between Hero and Dark. That's like it. It takes the ideas of SA One's narrative and kind of streamlines it, but doesn't lose anything in the process. We're like. You, you get, like, the same set of events from different angles. Um, I think it really helps to, the build-up that everybody comes together at the end and gets their own stage. But, like, um, in terms of the story, it's also, like, everybody's... Come, like, even even Eggman's like, I don't want to go through with this shit. Like, <laughs> yeah. So it's just really special at the end where even he's like, I gotta stop this shit. Yeah. I don't know. That was really cool to see. I know we, like almost brought it up a little while ago but like i am very tired of people saying that i don't think that sonic should have like serious stories or mm -hmm. like if the characters don't care about the story and it's not a good story in the first place what's the point i i, I just never really understood why people were saying that like, sonic yeah, i think really... that about like everything really i but people assume that to have a serious story you need to be like sa2 but heroes came out right after sa2 and it's a lot more jovial in its tone, but it's still, like, you know... The um, characters it, are invested in what's going on. That's all I'm asking for. I don't yeah. need it to necessarily be serious subject matter. It's just, like... Yeah. If the characters are still feel like they're, like... I don't know, because even in Heroes, you can tell, like... I mean, some of the dialogue's a little childish. I, I feel like they... <laughs> Maybe you should tone some of that down, but Sonic Heroes dialogue is super cheesy. Or at least a lot of it is. <laughs> it's it, but I'm still like, at the <laughs> end of the day you, you get like you get these characters coming together and they're like, okay. They still yeah. feel like they're characters. They still feel like they can come together at the end and kick some ass. I, I genuinely know. feel that what they were trying to do with Metal Sonic was pretty compelling. I don't and but people just say it's it's more edge chasing and he just turns into a final fantasy boss and i'm like well okay i like i, I mean, like metal in <laughs> that game i just i don't there are other things about that game that i don't like but the story isn't like it's it's overarching plot is not the thing that i i dislike about that game i don't think it's well that's because people sort of assume that it's just i don't like the lighter tone of the new games well that's not really the case at all because like of heroes, heroes. heroes literally just came out and i don't hate that and it uh i don't know like sa2 it's it's not even like either like people say that for sa1 it's too serious because like i don't know uh baby chow get killed <laughs> in, a, in a raid and it's like well yeah okay but 
a lot of a reason why I like this story is actually how you see it from different perspectives and how people come together and and stop this this primal evil that's actually pretty misunderstood and has all mm-hmm. this you know there's different layers and themes like it's an onion you know but it's it's I don't really think I've seen a platformer really attempting to do such an interwoven story like this. Um, I've never played Sly here, but the story in Sly 2 is good. But, um, you know, I it's incredibly dismissive to me with SA2 that people just don't really care about any of these things that I care about. They don't really care about you know how rouge and or how knuckles feels about rouge and what she does and that people don't really you know care about what shadow thinks you know they just see him as stupid vegeta clone because all they could really focus on is the bad voice acting or whatever you know i don't know yep and it's just created this this idea that stories just don't matter I mean, this story certainly doesn't matter I mean, this story began all the wrongdoings of stories in 06 and, and Shadow Hedgehog and I just don't think there's well honestly same thing I just don't think there's a point in having a story if you're not willing to let the characters be themselves I agree and that's that's why Forces pisses me off so much because they like at least Colors was like just kind of ostensibly a comedy game but then when they when they try again and they're like we're gonna tell a serious story now it feels like it completely misses the point no, i don't it feels know why like the story is written first and the characters are just like parodies that are put into place as chess pieces and they're not i don't know how why it's so hard to, to shed that skin you know and just i don't get it so did you want to get into sonic writing now, or... What? We uh, we were talking about like the differences between how Sonic characters are written in these games compared to modern games, and how some mm. people will say that they've always been the same. I've specifically seen one thing where it's like Sonic cracks the joke in like Sonic Adventure, and then they're like, "See, this is the same thing as like in Sonic Lost World, guys." And I'm just like, mm, "Yeah, oh you you God. totally didn't miss any sort of point there." <laughs> is is this what we're talking about today? I don't think you understand what's going to happen. Soon. I mean, I we <laughs> at the beginning of the podcast, I said we could probably get into it a little bit during the story I section because I think it's important, but maybe not. I, I don't know. I just uh, the thing that really makes me just facepalm whenever I see people talking about you know how Meikawa just just took the series by storm to give it edge and it's just like i really think that's so dismissive of what he's creating and it's i really don't think that he's sitting there like i know i'm going to make this story as edgy as it can possibly be and and all this stuff because i think the thing that carries sonic is pretty much the same thing that carries like kingdom hearts honestly and that's that's sincerity so he has said on numerous occasions that he just sat down and wanted to 
make what he thought was a really good story. And so to basically just be saying, you know, that his intent is just, you know, screw it. I'm going to like throw a bone and like subvert your expectations of this franchise or whatever. Even though I don't even know what he's exactly doing that subverts those so much as it is expanding on them. I, I really don't understand. Yep. Um, and especially when, not to be fair, for Heroes, it was kind of uh, looked at by a game first. Not as much of an equilibrium. Basis, yeah. But even for that game, he said, like, oh, I, well, I really had fun with this game. My favorite characters are actually the Chaotix. I really had a lot of fun making them. And they're super fun, you know, goofy characters. My favorite characters in that game. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know... And Black Knight has a lot of levity in, in moments here and there, too. And and SA2 does as well, but a lot of people don't really care about that. Because they just... We're making this a lot about, about other people, I guess, compared to the actual story itself. But I, <laughs> I think... I mean, I guess it's hard for me since I've already written it out and talked about it like a million times. But it's it's just... No other... No other story in the series really has as much drive as SA2 to me. You, They include these character recaps, and they're now voiced in this game, as opposed to SA1. And it gives you... A lot of the time, it's just like, you know, here's where we're at in the story. But it, it gives you kind of a sense of where the characters are at and what they're feeling about every given moment. That's and a cool I think thing, yeah. This game is so character-driven and so... And driven by like themes of duality and stuff, and um, I think that's really kind of what shaped a lot of my interest in games going forward. And it's why I like um, when I was playing Final Fantasy VII, I like I I really kind of shit my pants when characters have their own <laughs> themes, like in, in that and Chrono Trigger, because it is so each of these main characters you're playing as is a piece in this puzzle unless they're optional in which case maybe they are or maybe they're not but like you know it, it's and that's why sa2 it's not about the fact that the government's in it or or something like that it is about how these characters play off this greater scheme happening around them even though they're just like wild teens doing you know what they do yeah and it's i don't know and then so you take that and then you apply it to what we have now where i feel like forces kind of gives itself a label of like we're telling a serious story now just put that in your mind boop serious story and it keeps you know it plastered they plaster that all around the game serious. This is a serious game. There's fire and stuff everywhere, but they're but they they then kind of treat it like a checklist of yeah. what they think a serious story entails, and it's not really about telling a story they want to tell, which uh, and then just happens to be serious, which I feel is what what these games were back in the day. You know, yeah. I would love Sorry. a, a story like if the metal virus was turned into a game, that would be really cool. Mm -hmm. I game. think it's so like too. Written. Yeah, it, it's like. But it's a, it's a good I story. feel like a lot of these same people would say that Metal Virus is too dark, mm. and um, I, 
that bothers me because like <laughs> all it does is create stakes. That's yeah. it. It's not like this. Like it's it's like zombie story influence. So I guess you could be like, oh, you know, I don't know. But like the why metal virus. To, why does the Sonic story have to be like one thing? Why can it not? Well, the, be, like, the metal virus thing? is so cool because it like gives characters stuff to struggle with. Yeah. And think about like where Sonic can like he has the virus on him and he can stave it off by running really fast. But then you get stuff like, well, he can't run. You you realize he can't just keep running forever. He's challenged. And he has to rely on other people to help him because he's infected and he can't touch people. Like it, it's just that's all I want is stuff where like characters have to struggle with something and there's like a. There's a threat to them that, that they have to solve together as characters that they can... Like, I can see the Metal Virus being turned into a really cool game. Maybe you'd have to change some stuff around because it's like... It was created for, like, a comic. So it's yeah. not like it would perfectly translate to a video game. But, like, there's there's part in the arc where Tails goes to um, Central City, I think, which is pretty cool. Where he goes to Central City and he has to go to his workshop and, like... The, the town's crawling with, with the zombified metal virus people. He has the mech, right? Man, he, he whips out his fucking mech. Yeah. And he's like, <laughs> I'm gonna just, I'm gonna get this. It, it feels like he has purpose. I could feel like, I could see a stage where he's going through trying to get the cure for the metal virus, you know? Mm -hmm. And it's just so, that, it doesn't have to be like, everyone's infected. It's not necessarily it has to be that, but it's like, that story has actually actual stakes where the characters can shine and have struggles and work together towards a common goal. Um, and it, it's just a cool story to tell where, like, you, like, there are many times reading the Metal Virus where, I, like, it kind of threw me for a loop and I was kind of like, huh, it, I kind of wonder how these guys are going to get out of this one. So, it, it made me happy. The only thing I Sonic didn't has really not made like, me that happy in a long time. <laughs> the only thing I didn't really like about that uh, arc was how Shadow was treated, but that's about it. Well, Shadow sucks in the entire book, so yeah. I like it, it's kind of just its own problem. Yeah. I appreciate and... that they wrote him out pretty quickly, yeah. so he didn't have to speak. Which I I I don't know if this is a conspiracy or not. I don't want to go too off topic, but like I really think that Ian Flynn did that intentionally. Because he didn't want to write Shadow, so he just Probably. immediately was like, "We're gonna write you out of the story, so you don't have to speak anymore or do he anything." He knows that like he can't write Shadow the way that he's supposed to be written because of Sega. Like he literally said that Sega said Shadow has to be this thing. Why does it have to be this way? <laughs> so, yeah, it, it wasn't this way in SA two. Yeah. They just did whatever they wanted, and that game didn't damage the brand. I mean, I guess you could say Shadow the Hedgehog did, but that has nothing to do with what SA2 is doing. Yeah. Um, People conflate you know... these things so easily. They're like, oh, do you want the franchise to end up like Shadow? And I'm like, how do those things equate? How do you, like, conflate SA2 right. with Shadow the Hedgehog? Right after SA2, they make heroes. So what? If they just kept making these games and they all, like were like Heroes Story, would you say, well, what? You want it to become like this? That's what SA2 did. And it's like, no, it doesn't. They can do whatever they want. Yeah. Uh, it's not like SA2 is is just the natural endpoint is getting to Shadow because it's just, 
it's not true. And really, even going back to the classic games, those games, I think that a lot of what makes those like it's it's pretty simple stories, really. But what made it endearing to people even back then is the characters and how like in Sonic 2, it's pretty much Eggman's doing his thing again, but this time he's got grander ambitions and he make he made a Death Star. Now the Death Star is not why you like the story. It's it's not like Sonic prides itself on the idea that it just apes off other things because when Tails takes Sonic over to Wing Fortress and then his plane gets shot down and then in the end he comes up and saves him from falling or not if he goes super. <laughs> um, it's really heartwarming to people and that kind of forever cemented the character as like as the wingman, you know? And, and there's Knuckles' whole arc in Sonic 3. And I just saw the adventure games as more of that, but in much grander scope. Yeah. It, it you know, it doesn't really have... Yeah. That is a dog show outside. Everybody's barking. <laughs> It doesn't have to do with, with any particular, like, this is or is not what Sonic is. Because, frankly, if SA2 isn't what Sonic is, I what is it? Is it literally just they go stop Eggman from making a new Death Star? Well, I would argue that they kind of did that, because he, he pulled out the Space Colony arc, which kind of looks like him, you know? And it's, um... I think there's there's so many facets of this game that they would later even, you know, try to try to replicate. The whole dynamic between Sonic and Shadow is is so iconic because the character appears enough in the hero side to where you really feel like he's this rival that Sonic wants to beat. Um and they do this with Jet they do this with silver they try to do this with infinite and and i guess they do it with blaze as well maybe you know it's it's something about it's really basic stuff honestly but i think it's kind of see where there's shadow and, and jet mm -hmm. the framework kind of was there and Sonic in the first place, the character was a big part of his of his whole marketing in, in the nineties, you know. So I think it's really pretty simple, honestly, to see why a lot of people like the story of SA2. And it's not about any crappy labels, you know? Yeah. It is obviously because we grew up with it, though. I'm gonna, you know, just throw that in there. Yes. Yeah. And then so when I oh my god, since we since we already brought this up, when I see that, when I see that people are trying to just dispel all debates about how the characters should be, how the world should be, it's not like I'm asking for something super specific that is like borderline fan fiction it's like literally i'm just asking 
that you know the characters feel consistent enough and that the world feels consistent enough they can take whatever liberties they want and make whatever new story they want to tell but i like at heart i want it to still feel like the same series and while i just don't think it does and it's perfectly okay to not think that um when i can take the whole entirety every sonic cutscene in sa2 and compare that to every sonic cutscene in in lost world or forces and just say that these don't feel like they carry the same weight with these characters um and it's just you know i it just annoys me to no end that people try to take the mm, well there's technically this little line that's kind of similar to what sonic says in this game so therefore it's exactly the same and you should stop having these silly debates about how a character is portrayed because it's not important and uh stop trying to you know impose your martial law also on i i feel like you know? i need to say that not i'm not necessarily saying every sonic story needs high stakes necessarily because mm -hmm. like i could see a rewritten sonic colors working pretty well for me you know where it's just like eggman decided to make an amusement park and he's like extracting i actually kind of appreciate sonic colors as sort of an homage to like how Sonic used to open capsules and shit, you know, like, mm. where, like, the Wisps are, like, a new kind of version of that, where, like, I, mm. I don't mind every once in a while when Eggman just does something, like, he makes an amusement park, but he's still doing evil stuff you have to stop, and it's kind of, like, a self-contained narrative. It's more, it's more the fact that that's all we usually get <laughs> that really annoys the hell out of me. Well, it's the idea that that's, like, what it should be yeah that yeah, too that's is the like thing it... that annoys me yeah and it's like well it's not inherently that serious stories are wrong because obviously a lot of people have a really huge fondness for sa2 where they don't owe six how could you explain that under the guise of just well this is clearly what's wrong with trying to tell a story yeah. I don't, you know. <sighs> and even uh I could see like that it's just weird cuz I could see a version of like cuz in a lot of ways Heroes feels like the kind of like the the not as high stakes. Like Eggman still wants to destroy the world or whatever, but it's not as like immediately high stakes as SA2 is, where it's just kind of like this action-packed thrill ride. For Heroes, is a lot more about the stages and, like, the um, some of the character interactions. And, like, I think that's fine. I don't think every game needs to be SA2, but I think mm -hmm. every game should at least try to make the characters interesting. Absolutely. Uh, I feel like that should be the bare minimum. I mean, I think the characters should, like, re react to the story that they're in. Like, I don't yeah. think There's the saying that even the most basic story can be interesting if the characters can sell it, you know? And I think Sonic embodies that, like, to a T. Um, Heroes is, like, for, for most of the game's runtime, it is basically just, hey, Eggman's gonna conquer the world, gonna stop him. Gets a bit more complex later on, yeah. 
And that's fine to me because most of the characters, like, pretty much generally people act as I feel that they do in SA2. And, and I like them, you know. It's not that Color's framework is bad, it's just that I, I think that the the way they went about it is, is a bit too... I can imagine a version of Colors where the dialogue isn't as intensely jokey. Mm-hmm. Or like, they, it's a, like, I don't know. Because it's it's like a lower stakes kind of game where like, but I if it was like Sonic and Tails that felt kind of like the SA2 versions of them, or at least even just like any other variant around that time, I think it would have worked pretty well. Mm-hmm. And there's pieces of that with the DS version and how that's yeah. like a lot less jokey. It's a bit more on the bland side because you're not really watching cutscenes and, you know, but... And it's still kind of an idiot plot of, like, Eggman's doing good and everyone, you know, but... Yeah. It's still, like, okay, whatever, you know. I It's a lot less offensive to me than... It's not really, like, super offensive with colors, but... Uh, you know, I just... I'm not really amused with any of these cutscenes, really. Like I would be before. Cause, because uh, if you think about it, the cutscenes are just... They almost feel like they shouldn't exist because most of them are just like Sonic's telling a joke before he fights the boss. Yeah, so it, it's it makes me question why some of them are even in the game. Yep. I feel like at least in Sonic Adventure and stuff like that, if you made a joke before fighting a boss, then it at least served more of a purpose because it told something else before. Or well, there was a back and forth, like when before Sonic and Shadow fought, they had an argument. Yeah. Well, I guess it's less like an argument, more like a playful banter. Because yeah, I, I genuinely think over the course the rivalry between the two yeah. characters and make you interested in Shadow for when you play. By the end story. of SA two, when Sonic and Shadow are running down the strip, I think that they both genuinely like each other at that point. Like. <laughs> I think maybe not Shadow towards they have Sonic a, they necessarily, have a but like for each other. I think Sonic genuinely is like Shadow's pretty cool. I think. <laughs> maybe, yeah. You know, there's like a respect there. There's definitely a respect between the two of them, but Shadow's also like, I can no longer allow you to live. <laughs> but I'm gonna kill you now. There's like a mutual like. Okay, yeah. All right. that's what I'm saying. Right, you there's like a yeah. yeah. They from, sort of grew on each other in a way. From and fakers to then like, oh, you're more than I thought you were. You're actually pretty good at this stuff. I don't know how you... Well, I, I do. It's kind of like how Vegeta and Goku are like... Vegeta would never, ever say that he likes Goku. But, you know, they, they, there's his respect there. You yeah. Know? There's sure. like... I respect that you are like kind of an equal to me. Clearly. And that's built Goku... up throughout the game and you can feel it. Clearly, Goku is like still worth Vegeta's time, and Vegeta's still like thinking, like you know. And it's kind of the same thing with Sonic and Shadow, where like, um, at the end of a game, Shadow's just not even like, okay, he's like, all right, all right. So it seems like you're kind of like the real deal, Sonic. So let's just end this, you know, before you you make some trouble for me. And um, Sonic is just like, okay. You know, Shadow's probably, you know, the biggest, the most direct opponent I've ever had yeah. compared, you know, because Metal Sonic just, just, you know, lost. And then, so it's, it's, 
Uh, it's just a really cool thing. For, and this applies to all three pairs of, of characters. Yeah. Um, and that's why I it makes me, you know, hurt on the inside when people say that it's the same thing. You're just nostalgic for it over the years when enforces the scene before the final boss is ha like the only thing that's going to happen is that you'll be sitting in a busted pile of robot parts mm -hmm. uh thinking about how you failed so badly it's like it's um there is there's no grand feeling it just it just feels like Especially for what the, the tone that the game is trying to go with, you know, and in SA two, there's like this this some something of a respect when Eggman seems to clearly have the upper hand against Sonic. Sonic's like, you know, he's trying his best to to stop his scheme. So he's like, oh, you've turned into a big time villain, Doctor. And there's just there's just this moment where it's like, yeah, we're joking around, but like. This is clearly kind of an intense scenario. Yeah, but he's he's not just joking around, but he's also like bluffing, like oh, I don't really care about the situation because I have mm -hmm. this like emerald. But it's still like a good, a really good interaction. It's not just mm -hmm. like joking around for the sake of joking around. It's in context of something that's a little bit bigger. And then when Eggman traps him in the capsule, it's like oh. This, this is bad. Yeah. <laughs> this is really, really bad. Well, it's what you know. What's one of those things that you just in your head? It's like not necessarily like it doesn't like you think Sonic and Eggman as like the hero villain dynamic duo, right? Mm -hmm. At least in terms of Sonic, that's what people probably immediately jump to. Yeah, but like. The fact that SA1 and 2 both really sell Tails and Eggman as a rivalry is pretty impressive to me, even to this day. Yeah, it's That, cool. like... And it, it makes me realize that Eggman and Tails have a lot of similarities. Um, it's just that Tails is a nice person, you know? But, like, they're both pretty, like, tech-focused and smart. Yeah. Um, one will use their knowledge for good, one will use their knowledge for yeah. gain and, you know money the world power and it's one of those things where i think the you know Mekawa or whoever else is writing probably had a moment where they're like oh that really does like they these two really kind of are good to play off each other in terms of a rivalry so the part in the ending that always gets me so kind of emotional is the part where eggman's telling tales about about how he felt about about gerald yeah that's a nice moment. and it's like you know, it's they I feel like these games were adding to these characters and um I don't know. Like I don't think the games have really added to the characters to a like substantial degree since this game. Yeah. So like maybe Shadow, but he it's not like Gun's even a part of a series anymore. So that's kinda out the window. Yeah, like he... I mean, 06 was awesome for Shadow, but, like, other than that, mm -hmm. you know, Shadow, it's I mean, Shadow like... died at the end of, <laughs> I mean, I don't, apparently he didn't, but, you know. And, ah, uh, man, it's even, like, it's part of the story, 
it feels like it's part of the music it feels like it's part of like the gameplay and the stages and how uh you know sonic go it feels like shadow has like sort of a darker version of sonic stages and stuff like that and i guess it's kind of how it was in in riders as well where there's always this theme of opposites but also have a tract in this game and it's it's it seems pretty basic on paper but i just don't really i don't know many games that do it like this one yeah um did we want to get into like how the lore of the past games adds a little bit more to uh, Sonic and Shadow's backstory because I think that while it's not, you know, explicitly stated that they're closer than the game leads on, I think that it's definitely really cool if you go into it. Because obviously this... You elaborate. Like the stuff about, you know, the 3 and K mural and mm. how Gerald was literally made Angel Island to harness the power of the K like he was clearly at you know lost world and stuff like that and mm -hmm. <laughs> made the entire core of the arc based off of that i feel like that that's pretty cool <laughs> and then the shadow is just like a hedgehog that has the same spike formation as supersonic for some reason mm -hmm. shadow calls sonic the ultimate life form for some reason at the end of the final hazard hmm like it's <laughs> I've actually thought about this. I've thought, like, well, you can make the argument that 06 is kind of like, you know, Adventure 3, but you wonder in the alternate universe where they make, where just these games never stopped feeling like the adventure games, you kind of wonder, well, what makes them, what exactly makes these Adventure 1 and 2? Because Adventure 2's story isn't exactly even following up on a direct plot thread from 1. But right. it's interesting that if you play 1, there's just really small things like Tails getting the Emerald from Station Square. Um, or when, when fucking, even when I was a kid, when Knuckles started saying the shit from SA1 at the end of the game. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I was like, holy fuck. That was like one of those moments where I'm like, damn, that's an SA1 thing. Because mm -hmm. he's an echidna, and that was really cool. He actually you studied go down, up on his lore a little bit, even though in SA1 he said he wanted to stay ignorant to it. <laughs> you go down the slide from Lost World. Yeah. Yeah. Which that is just Gerald in clearly the, built. Yeah, that it's just in the core of the arc for some reason. Well, He's kind of weird. <laughs> but... I, I love the way that the core builds up, like, the or just the arc in general as a, as a piece. Like, how when you go to it, it's just, like, dead and, and desolate, and then you see it all lit up and powered up with the Chaos Emeralds in it. Then you go mm. into, like, the, the beautiful, like, purple and oranges of yeah. the core. Into, I know like... you spend a lot of time in the arc, and it can kind of get a little tiring seeing the same look for a while, but mm -hmm. I think it's really cool looking, the arc itself. Yeah. I, really I think giant... it's a pretty iconic location. This, like, I... yeah. kind of space city in a way. Um, and just there's a lot, a lot of uh, mystery in this in this place. I feel like there's like it feels like a lot more of its own place than the Death Egg. I'm gonna be honest. Yeah. Where the Death Egg really just feels like a. I don't know. Well, you know, and they also go into the details about like what this place is for. Yeah. <laughs> Where's the Death Egg? We don't. I assume it has a laser. I don't know. 
that's kind of what I would be led to believe from Star Wars, but like, I wish there uh, was a timeline where we got a more like detailed backstory of what happened with Shadow and Shadow the Hedgehog instead of like the Black Aliens, like where mm. they actually went into detail about like maybe why Shadow is so much like Sonic, like how you go from a giant bio lizard thing that maybe is referencing chaos who knows to shadow that is a hedgehog for some reason whereas in shadow the hedgehog it's like ah yes i took the the dna of black doom and also you're the cure for this blah 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 yeah i i think hmm that's a good idea i may want to write that down um like because it's interesting you could like everyone's made like the the analogy to the hidden palace mural and stuff and just talk, you know looked at the greater implications of gerald making artificial chaos and stuff like that yeah and stuff like that too like he makes the artificial chaos yeah and yeah. when when you put it like that i really think that there is an alternate timeline where they make a shadow of a hedgehog that goes more into that stuff rather than making it about like by the way <laughs> um <laughs> gerald met with a space alien named black doom oh and that's why the deal. eclipse cannon was made just for when the comet comes back around so we can destroy it i think yeah i think i would have rather they revealed because because that's one question from sa2 that is genuinely just not really explained exactly like you can make arguments either way about what you think it is but the re you don't know why there's an eclipse cannon in the first place and shadow of a hedgehog could like really make this interesting sort of case whereas shadows trying to and this is why i don't have a problem with the amnesia plot i think there is an interesting story you can tell with the idea that shadow is looking to try and figure out stuff about his past and so at, in the end of the yeah. day he could find out even more than you know he normally he would otherwise feel inclined to look at but and i guess that's what shadow of a hedgehog is but i, I think it sucks yeah so. i mean if it built yeah. up more if it took more of the stuff that like the games before were actually building on instead of this like really weird plot point that it like that half the game is yeah. about then it probably would have been a lot better like the I stuff think about it helps Sonic. to have like a i know people would say that like it doesn't like you know it's a Sonic game, so it doesn't really matter, but... I, I think it's nice to have a consistent... You, you have consistent world building, even if it's, like... Even if it's just stuff like Artificial Chaos being a reference to Chaos himself, or, like, yeah. the 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 Lost World parallels, or the stuff in SA1 that's moved over to SA2. Um, you can feel that there's a... They're building off each other without needing to know because the stories are self-contained still, where you can just... Yeah. Like, I played SA2 before I played SA1, and I was... It, it's like, it, even if I had never played SA1, I still love SA2 because it's its own story. But then yeah. if you play SA1, you're like, oh, it's this is a cool aspect of the world I didn't know about, you know, this previous story that happened. Or, like, I think they could have just kept doing stuff like that, you know? I agree. Like, little stuff. You don't even need to directly address it all the time. Just, like... Mm -hmm. little connective tissue that makes it known like yeah there's still you know it's just future events happening in the same world you know like heroes does it a little bit with the like, yeah 
copying chaos data is one thing. I, I really like that from heroes. Mm -hmm. That's cool. And the fact that he, I just that's uh yeah, that's something that I just think is sorely missing. Little details like that where Metal Sonic gets chaos data from Froggy and uh Bachao. And it's like most normal people wouldn't think about why that is and how he can do that. And like Yeah, I mean as I, a kid I didn't really actively think about that. Mm -hmm. The ones you know. Later like, on oh, I sort of noticed cool. the parallels there and I was like, Oh yeah, that's cool. Yeah. I don't know why it couldn't have just kept doing stuff like that, you know, just subtle things that aren't like in your face but you'll notice and appreciate, you know? Yeah, yeah I don't need every game to be exactly here's our official sequel to the arc events all the time you know yeah there could be so much that they can do of sonic and that's why i think sonic is a really special series because i think the nature of what it is certainly gives it rules of what it should be doing but there's still a lot they can do and uh Shit, I had a point. But that's why it's, it's, it feels <laughs> troubling to me that they've dropped a lot of this stuff, but they're just so willing to keep like wisps around for no reason. Like and Savok. Yeah. yeah. They they decide they're gonna keep this stuff around, but they've completely scrapped all this like other stuff that used to exist. And I don't like know the where chaos like... emeralds. Why are the chaos emeralds like not important at all? So like Yeah. Know. Well I know people complain that like Sonic games, you can't turn into supersonic in the stages anymore, and they were made them into, like, final boss stuff, oh, which I get. Me. I'm really sad that they but... couldn't fit in, like, Sonic, uh, Super Sonic and Super Shadow in the multiplayer like they wanted to. Yeah. Remnants of that. But I think it's it, it made more sense from a storytelling perspective to have the Chaos Emeralds be this big, like... Oh, yeah, for sure. I just, I just meant in the multiplayer after, like, in 180. Well, I wasn't really addressing that. Oh, I, think okay. it, I, I was more so addressing the people who think that it's like a big disappointment that you have to, they save them till the end of the game. I mean, I think oh. you could just as easily make it so that you can turn into supersonic in the levels and have a big final boss where you turn into supersonic. Like, yeah. I think you can have both. I mean, generations fucking... did it. Yeah. You yeah. Know. yeah. Yeah. I mean, but I, I think it's kind of weird that the. Right. I, I get that, like, not every story has to end turning into supersonic, but um, it is kind of weird that they just seem really hesitant to do that now. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I mean, like, in colors, I think it's kind of cool that they don't. Yeah. Um, which, I like the Nega Wisp mother fight fine enough in the DS version, but, like, it's kind of a neat, uh, you know, sort of chill, low-stakes story like that just fighting eggman like the good old days but and and you know lost world sure fine but i really believe that a story like forces the yeah. logically the characters would think to bust these babies out i think it's it's this incredible like pre well, it's literally end of the world stakes like yeah in colors it's just Eggman's, like, kind of being a dick, harvesting right. energy from Wisps. Sonic can handle it on his own. He doesn't really need the emeralds, but... Well, he's gonna he's gonna harness the energy from the Wisps to, like, mind-control people of Earth. I think yeah. 
so it's like, like i guess it's not really like a time dependent like it's not like because like, in forces yeah. like the the sun is about to descend on the earth or whatever like oh my god and they need to deal with that pretty quickly that so was so not weird super is pretty weird i forgot about that yeah I'm Dude, like who the sun like, i don't know why now. i don't know why people in that story are like don't think to use the fucking chaos emeralds even yeah. though they can turn super and mm -hmm. deal with it no it needed to be dlc don't you remember where you pay for it <laughs> yeah yeah and then you know in the in the prequel comic they made up for it which i'm convinced was totally an afterthought Eggman in that comic they try to like work in some explanation for why he doesn't just go grab the master emerald for, since he's so powerful he just says he doesn't need it so you would think that'd be his downfall even though it's such a stupid thing for him to say but no that's not a thing in the game they just don't even think to use the emeralds and you know it's i i get the perspective that all right after sa1 and sa2 and three and knuckles actually when we just add that there and Heroes, Heroes and Shadow and 06. 06. Yeah, I Unleashed. understand the idea that it's a little tiring now that we just get to the end of a game and everyone puts their hands together and we go super and then fight the god monster. I get it. But it has got to a point where it is now equally, if not more of a cliche that we just go fight Eggman, who is being bad for real this time. Dude, <laughs> I could know? not believe that that was actually think... what happened in Forces at the end. I was. I, I, know, I know you end up going super in Unleashed, but I think all you really need to do is have an explainer, like at the beginning of Unleashed, where all the energy is drained out of the emeralds and you can't use them. That's mm -hmm. all you need to do. And then you don't even have to worry about it, you know? Yeah, and I think there's just a lot of difference in context between these games too, that there isn't in in newer ones where you just it feels like they have like a rule that you have to go fight Eggman, and preferably in a in a Negawisp fashion where you run forward. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. it's like and insane. it's I you know I don't know it's just I don't really know who's by forces who's like really like oh man this is so epic when i don't know i think plenty of people really really do remember the ending of sa2 for just how much of a standout moment well, imagine like i don't understand the point of building up infinite so that you can get jobbed by eggman like i just don't really get the point of that i think at, I at best case scenario between the two that they should be working together um yeah not Eggman just just turns and you know lame I I never think... I never really liked infinite too much with like how they built them up I want to be like I was I, I guess he has an inferiority complex and that's his whole thing and then at the end he loses like three times in a row and then he gets taken to a tower right <laughs> like what well, imagine, Stop. like, it wouldn't fix the game by any means, but just imagine if you fought Infinite as the final boss. It would go, it would do something. Like, I, it's just legitimately jarring that he's, you fight him, and then he gets taken out, and then Eggman's like, oh, but you still gotta fight me. 
<laughs> yeah, I, I never really, really weird. understood that. Like what? Like his inferiority complex should have come to like it's actually like it's absolute peak in like a final fight or something like that, where he like gathers as much power as he can, maybe from the say it with me now, the chaos emeralds or something like that, and then <laughs> he becomes something else, and you fight him would have been way more interesting than what we got. I don't know. I think that's that's really the key is that in SA two and SA one and three knuckles it's like it doesn't it doesn't matter how serious the game is it's it's like just a standout conclusion and you know in heroes that's like a really you know more lighthearted game but i i feel something with the ending you know and yeah uh and even kind of 06. in colors. Oh, six has a yeah. has a decent ending. I feel like it's like like Kraftus was saying right here in chat that it's like it feels like a natural progression to how they should have handled the supersonic boss. Yeah, why well, I, I like that all the everybody has to go through like these demented like places to get emeralds and then like yeah because um I I do like the hero's final stuff, but I kind of wish that there was like a stage that you played at least, mm. not just a boss. Um, but in 06, it was pretty cool where, like, you got to go through the end of the world and there's, like, a unique music track and you got to get the emeralds and stuff. Yeah. Um, it was just it cool. It like, like what SA1 could have been, basically. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and really, that final boss is, like, playing as all three characters and cycling between them is pretty fucking epic. Yeah. Like, you have to beat him in the it's... past, present, and future, which is a theme throughout the whole game. You know, you're. Yeah. It's really nice. There's a lot about 06 that I like on a conceptual level. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, same. It's just, I, I don't know. I feel like I've I've talked a lot about the series, but it it actually has so much to do with what precedent SA2 kind of set for me in terms of of how. Because I feel like in terms of any of these games with like a last story segment. It doesn't quite get as good as it did with SA2. Yeah. Where they had all these characters come together. They had this final level where everyone teams up and it's pretty decently long level. But Shadow's not teaming up. So then you get that cutscene or maybe where he finally has like a a change in judgment. Yeah. And then you have him go fight a boss. He gets a whole boss to himself. It's really cool. Has some sick ass music. Yeah, and it's also like the hardest boss in the game. Yeah, and it, you know, made little old me mad, but uh, and it's just this cool moment when when Sonic and, and Knuckles are there. These two are like the cool duo that everyone knows from 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 Sonic Three and Knuckles. These two are like really like the kind of a, the popular characters so, so then this new guy this new shadow comes strolling in we're like whoa shit he's coming to help us now and it's like it's did the in... i love the camera in that scene right when he's just like slowly walking with that music and then the <laughs> yeah. camera's like oh yeah you know i, I fucking love that scene he so turns cool. around and just tells him to go and it's yeah. like that's so cool it literally is a Dragon Ball-esque moment 
And honestly, if we just, if, since it's been there since like Sonic 2 with the Super Sonic. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that like, uh, it does have Dragon Ball parallels, which they've admitted in interviews that they're inspired by it. Mm, for sure. I think Sonic, to me, I don't really watch anime much. But to me, it, it is one, you know? And, yeah. and I guess that's what's like, it stops feeling like lighthearted arcs or something when we have these games. And it starts to feel more like we just, we just don't really care about the, the universe the same way we would if it were like a show, you know? Because um, we don't really see it as a universe or a story or anything. And and I think there really was one for a long time there. Yeah. Uh, and it's just... I don't know. I guess that really is a lot of a big reason why Sonic has appealed to me that a lot of other franchises don't, is that I, I feel very attached to the characters, even, you know, even, even if I know it, it's not going to not going to be exactly what i want yeah yeah i agree um all right so before we wrap up on story um i wanted to briefly go over how the story is structured because i think it's it's very good i think the game expects you to play hero story first though it's not like necessary for you to do so um, and I think Hero Story works enough on its own as as a good story. But then you mm -hmm. can go into Dark Story to get a lot more context. And I feel like that you, you have incentive to do so with, you know, being the first game that you can ever play as Eggman. Um, you really want to play as Shadow. And, I mean, I don't know if people wanted to play as Rouge, but I, <laughs> I did, so. I know I did. Yeah. <laughs> so, was, um, so there's that. And then that gives way more context for stuff that's happening in the background. And that perfectly builds up towards the last story. Like, dark, I feel like it, like the order that you're supposed to play it in, quote-unquote, is Hero Dark Last. And I feel like that's a really mm -hmm. good structure. Um, like, last story, just finishing things up with a neat little bow on a very somber note. Um, yeah. It's it's definitely very good. Do you guys agree with like that story structure, or would you rather see it done in a separate way? I think it's just I... a neat little evolution on how what SA1 tried to do. Yeah. I like That's it how I've always seen it. I mean, you can play Hero first, but I kind of like the idea that they give you to pick the, the option to pick Dark. They, I, when I was a kid, I did. I because the first, idea yeah. <laughs> on the back of a box is like, oh, you know, pick your side. And if you if you pick dark first, there's that little warning at the end there. But it basically looks like they've won. And it's it's kind of cool. Now, you might not really. It, I feel like it carries more meaning to see the dark side after playing hero. And it's it's probably the intended order. You know, they open the game up of City Escape compared to opening up with Iron Gate which uh, you know if you're really into Eggman that's cool and all but it's you know there's kind of a reason why Sonic Riders pretty much made you play Hero first and Babylon next yeah. um, for this it's kind of the same exact structure and you know uh, I like having the option but it's it's really i feel like this game 
is a slimmed down version of what they were trying to do with SA1 by with these multiple perspectives. And it's very unique. Don't think I've seen anything quite like it. Um, I, I really like, you know, parts like how, yeah. how Rouge is like, uh, checking in with, with the president when you can actually see that in the hero story where the secretary says, oh, we're receiving a call yeah, from yeah, our agent. Yeah, little stuff like you that. Mm -hmm. It feels like they really care about details like that in these games. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's like, I like how, um, heroes kind of tried to like do it again but like it didn't really succeed as well because of how it's structured but i guess i like the idea of there being different stories to play even if it's like i don't even have a problem going back like with 06 how there are characters as long as those three characters are varied enough in their stories that it like works mm -hmm. i think i just like the structure of having different stories that go on at the same time because it's kind of hard to imagine multiple playable characters working super well in like... Like it could work in one structured linear story. It's just kind of... I don't know. Yeah. I understand why they do it this way. Like, where you just plop between different characters. It's kind of... I think there's kind of a reason they didn't do that to begin with. You know? Yeah. Yep. Um... Yeah, I definitely really enjoyed the story structure of SA2 and, and what it pulled off there. Um, I guess we can briefly go over the presentation. I I, I feel like there are a few times, well, like, uh, there are a few things in Sonic Adventure 2's presentation that obviously could have been done better, but at the time it was like, there's nothing really to compare to until after it. So it's really hard to say. I, I it, It's like the part of me that does wish that the game got remade, but there's another part of me that says there's no way I'm ever trusting Sega to do that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the thing I always say with presentation is that you can go ahead and compare it to, like, the, the Crash and Spyro games on PS1. And I've ever presented a lot better, but at the same time, for one, they're not dealing with localization on our end. They're also not for even another, close to the scale of the story. Right. The, the story is, for a platformer, greater than any of these other ones. Um, and games with stories to this scale that aren't platformers are like RPGs, which have text boxes, or they... It's like Metal Gear, which I don't really know much about, but it's clearly not animated you know like like these a lot of metal gears codec calls like there are yeah. cool cutscenes and stuff but yeah. and it's like in 2001 we got like dmc and we got halo and got mgs2 yeah we got a lot of stuff after like there's stuff that was in development for a technology that was a little bit stronger than the dreamcast but mm -hmm. before sa2 there wasn't anything that was actually like out on a consumer base. And by the time they're developing the game, you know, it's not to say that these are great things, but just, I really can't hold things over SA2 that hard because yeah, me neither, me neither. At the time, I don't really like to be someone who's like, oh well, for its time. So clearly, you have to like it, you know. 
Yeah, no, I think you need a balance of those two. Well, like, you I cannot, the, like... The time where you can make that argument pretty easily is graphical quality, because that's, like, mm -hmm. literally, like, they could not have done better than they did. Yeah. And, you know, by the time of 06, then, yeah, I think that's, that's like, pretty inexcusable, <laughs> you know? Yeah. But for I, SA2, I... it was, like, it was... And the reason why so many people just grew up with it and didn't really have like you know they didn't really look at this and go like oh my god this is like so embarrassing look at how much better these every games are it's because for a while there just weren't a lot of games telling stories that were this big and had this good of character animation and stuff you know um or this much of it i should say and uh yeah i don't know for like presentations like I, I really just wish the translation was was better, yeah. honestly. Um, I guess I'd rather that than directly changing the translation to be more hip with the kids, but, like, you know. Um, yeah, I, I, I think a lot of the, the, the presentation problems are, are really uh, not... Not exactly something where I'm like, oh man, what the hell are they thinking? I can kind of see the logical fallout, you know? Yeah, I know we got into this a bit before the podcast because we were talking about the retranslated mod. But, like, localization is important, so things flow better in, in English. But I there are a few things that make a lot more sense in the, like, direct Japanese uh, translations. And I wish we got more of a balance between those two things with this game. It's unfortunate that we didn't. Yeah, that's kind of how I felt when I was playing Retranslated uh, before this. Yeah, what did we do? Mm -hmm. Um, other than that, obviously, other like there are a few cutscenes that I think are like presented kind of strangely, like when Shadow goes to save Rouge and stuff like that. Though I know the Battle Port updated it from the Dreamcast because it was mm -hmm. actually worse on the Dreamcast. Um, and I didn't know this for a long time, but the cutscene where Rouge is questioning Shadow and is like, you know, your your memories might not even be real. <laughs> I didn't know this forever, but the Dreamcast version may just yeah. play fly in the freedom the whole time. Yeah, and that's... the music doesn't change. <laughs> <laughs> that's so weird to me. <laughs> I love the silence before the music changes and and stuff like that in the battle port. The Battle mm -hmm. definitely has some really good changes. Just break some stuff, too. Oh, God. Can we just get, like, the perfect uh, version of the game, please? That'd be good. Um, and the last thing I want to get into before we do uh, closing statements, if we want to get into it, was just, like, a brief segment on um, the Chow Gardens. Because they're Ooh. a big part of the game. But, like, a lot of... I Like... Some people don't even, like, really think about the Chow when it comes to this game. But for, I think for so many people, um, they spent so many hours playing the Chow Garden and going back into these stages that already, like, um, lend themselves so well to replayability that the Chow world just further accentuates that because of the fact that it asks you to go back into them and explore for animals and get chaos drives and get to know mm -hmm. them better as well. I think it's just such an easy way to extend the game's playability. Yeah. I don't really like it as much as I did when I was a kid, but 
I think I just don't really like that kind of stuff in general. Like, we have to spend a lot of time to, like, grow things. And, like, those kinds of games I've just grown out of a lot. But yep. I, the Chow Gardens clearly are, like, this extra thing you can do when you're doing missions and stuff. And it's, like, I don't know. It's just kind of a cool thing that's part of its identity, too. It's so expensive. That a lot of people, like... Yeah, there's a lot of depth to it if you're willing to get into it. Yeah, it just built up upon itself from Sonic Adventure in a, in a really great way that I can appreciate. SA2 just has, like, a lot of content, you know? It's, like, it's got yeah. all these other missions. And then while you're doing those missions, you're, you know, incentivized to just keep keep doing them and, and then keep training your child while you do so. Yeah. Just... And so... I don't really play Chow Garden these days, mainly because it, it basically becomes the grind. But, uh, you know, when you're a kid, that just was like your whole world. You basically, you go to school because that's what you have to do. <laughs> and then it's like, well, I don't have to do anything else other than maybe some chores when I get home, ideally. So uh, I'm, I'm going to sit here and, and train my little booba, yeah. and then... You know, it's like a real fucking quest to get 180 emblems in this game yeah. and finally get Green Hill. And you feel like the coolest kid in school if you get, like, a Chaos Chow without hacking. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Um, and so I think it's kind of a no-brainer why the Chow Garden became so, so like, fondly remembered. Especially because it's, like... It's not exactly like it has no depth. It's got like a whole encyclopedia it's, it's about huge. how it works. And it's it's insane that they developed this and the rest of the game Going in such... Chow Island forums as a kid and like learning <laughs> all this stuff and printing it out yeah. so I can bring it upstairs to like look at while I'm make, like raising my chow and stuff like that. Nowadays, I can't really revisit the Chow Garden unless I have mods on to make it less grindy, like where I mm -hmm. can just keep the chaos drives and stuff like that. But back when I was a kid, it didn't really matter. I could sit there for five hours raising Chow and playing City Escape and or whatever other levels I wanted to do, and then um, leaving the GameCube on overnight, to see, like for the Chow to age or like evolve because I couldn't like, you know, stuff. I, I I don't know. I feel like it's, it's definitely a huge part of the game, but yeah. <laughs> it's something that the question always pops up of like why don't they bring the chow garden back and i kind of wonder if it's possible for them to develop a chow garden for every single like you know major game you know it's kind of a uh, i don't know it's it's a feature that a lot of people really want but it's kind of clear to see that it's it's probably a pretty big investment to, to really yeah, it's it's one of those things where I sympathize, but uh, I would much rather they not spend their time on that. Yeah, the um, development like, time is already strained enough to. It's it, such an iconic thing, but it's like, eh, I mean, you should. I think they should maybe make like a to satiate fans. They could. I've never understood why they couldn't make like a Chow Garden, like, game. Or, like, yeah. maybe even if it's, like, a mobile thing. I think the like, reason... Okay, maybe mobile, but, like, regular, I feel like... Yeah, like, not, like, a full release, but I think, like, it's perfect for, like, a mobile 
kind of release is maybe mm -hmm. more what I'm trying to say. I would like if at least for one game, but here's the problem with this is like, if you do it for one game, then you're going to have the expectation set for the next, which is why I think they don't do this. Not to mention their development times are already strained to get what we got in like forces. But right. like if they just had one game that had a really good chow garden and they made a chow garden app where you can send your chow to the app in the same way that you could send it to a game boy advance or your VMU on the Dreamcast to bring back that functionality and bring it on the go and, and train it there. That's that would such, be pretty cool, yeah. Yeah, because it would like call back to what you used to do in the Chow Garden, right? So even if yeah. it was like, just one and you could have them on your phone too, I feel like that would be cool. Because I feel like part of a reason why the Chow Garden... Oh my god, this is another topic. The idea that, like, well, you only like the adventure games because of a Chow Garden, like... Yeah, but you realize that for the Chow Garden to work, you have to play the game, right? Yeah. You know, so and that's why I think they don't have a game uh just just Chow Garden because like you kind of have to do something to raise those chow. So either they need to make a mobile game and incorporate, you know, mobile game stuff into that, you know, like walking around in the real world. Or maybe they make some connectivity to whatever the new Sonic game is. Uh, which, that'd be kind of a, a cool thing, like an ongoing Chow service. And they, they could just connect to the new games and stuff. Yeah. Or maybe they could have made, like, a 3DS app. That would have been kind of fun. But um, I think a lot of the reason why the Chow Gardens were, were working in the first place was just because they were an extension of what you could do yeah. in these games yeah it goes it's pretty back into tricky the playability and exploration and getting to know the levels better that i think the chow garden actually helps with mm -hmm. Outside and it really the makes the game too. feel a lot bigger it's not to say the game isn't big to begin with but when you have this chow garden thing it's like oh that kind of makes it seem like it's really got content you know right up there with 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 zelda or something there's just a lot. You're going to be playing this this game, not you know, mention, when you're younger for not, ages. Not to mention the other missions themselves also force you to, like, explore more and learn other paths throughout the levels, which therefore mm -hmm. are going to make you better at them and understand the levels more in the long run. So that also helps. When I was, uh, when I was a kid, I had a strategy guide for SA2 and Sonic Advance. Mm-hmm. And it, like, you know, had a whole... It was very nice. It looked beautiful. And I had, like, lists of animals and where they were in the stages. Mm -hmm. And it was just so cool. I could learn about the, the knowledge of exactly what animals and, and how many they place in these levels. And you can, like, whistle in hidden pipes or hidden locations and stuff. And it's just, there's so much stuff that they pack into this game that you never think about. And I feel like that, you know, that's one way to lend it, that exploration that you're kind of seeking in a Sonic game. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, so, before we go into closing statements, do we have any uh, anything to add about the Chow Garden that we haven't already said? Not really. Alright. I love them. I do. <laughs> they are very cute. <laughs> um, I don't so... know how they actually even made these things as cute as they are. <laughs> uh, 
Um, the only real thing I have to say to close is that um, this is a lot of fun. This is my favorite Sonic game for reasons, for pretty much every reason that we went over today. And as you could go into more details if you really wanted to, but we've talked about this game for now four hours, and honestly, it's oh. like scratching the surface. So, yeah, that's that's pretty much all I got. So you guys can give your closing statements and you know tell people where they can find you. I think Sonic should try as hard as they did to say two. That has not happened in quite a long time. At least for Sonic Team. I, I share that sentiment. Yeah, yeah, me too. The state of Sonic right now is pretty sad. And uh, it doesn't have to be SA3. Yep. Especially because I think there's kind of a loose definition of what that even is. And, you know, it's... I think that it's very clear why this game resonates with people. I think it's not just just some statistic on the internet you can just whip up. Um, I think there really is a lot in how in how the game uh, communicated with its audience, and that's why it's still my favorite. Even though I feel like we've we've really run through a lot of things that we that are you know flaws with the game that we actually yeah. like really you know could see them improve in a later game, and that's why. Adventure 2 is like it's like my favorite one but it's it's really to say it's my favorite game carries the connotation but it's like perfect and uh, well I just think in a perfect world that it'd be it'd be far from that it'd, we we would have a new game that is just like Sonic would just be great <laughs> you know yep, and um, just have plenty of SA2s in my you know in my mind. But uh yeah. That's that's my last stance on SA two. Sorry awesome. I talked a lot. <laughs> that's quite okay. Um so does anyone else have anything to add? No. Not really. You can find me at JebTube if you haven't figured it out yet. <laughs> JebTube on uh Twitter and YouTube and King K on YouTube and the King of King K on Twitter. Make sure you guys go give them some subs and follows. They're great guys who have great videos. And thank, um, you. thank you everyone for tuning in to this episode of the Juice Cast on Sonic Adventure 2. I hope you guys all have a splendid day. Sayonara. Shadow the Hedgehog. <laughs>